0: November 19th, 2021 Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast We will bounce around for you Talk a little sports with Jack Fitzpatrick We'll hit a little bit on college football, college basketball And a little NFL and everything going on over at DRF Sports Then we'll get into our NFL Week 11 game-by-game previews With Eric Talk a little bit about a big stable dual contest this weekend at Del Mar And then we'll get into Friday racing for you I really liked... The Friday cards at Aqueduct, Churchill, and Del Mar. We got plays for all three of those tracks for you. Then on Saturday, Churchill, Aqueduct, and Del Mar. I'm going to roll through the Del Mar full card and give you a play or two in each of those races. And then we get into a wrestling portion of this show. Survivor Series coming up this weekend. I'm going to do a little run through the history of Survivor Series. A couple thoughts on every Survivor Series pay-per-view from... uh, The first ever way back in 1987. And then we'll get to wrestling with Chad Cooper this week. We preview this year's Survivor Series event. We talk about what's going on in NXT. And then we recap what happened in AEW with Full Gear and uh, with Dynamite this past week. So horse racing, a little bit for Friday and for Saturday. Wrestling, NFL, everything going on this weekend. A little college basketball, a little college football talk. We bounce all around on this episode of That's What G Said. That is presented by Better Than Dot Vegas. At BTVBets is the website. Get on over to that. Uh, BTVBets is the Twitter site. Get on over to BetterThan.Vegas. That's the website. You can check out all the different videos from gamblers, handicappers all around the world. Posting their selections. Always free to help you out. You can create an account. Post your videos. Post your analysis. Start gaining a following over there at BetterThan.Vegas. If you follow that Twitter handle that I mentioned, at BTVbets, Every day they do a giveaway, a public prop giveaway, where they make a wager, and they give it out to one of you. All you have to do is like, retweet, and follow along. It doesn't cost you anything. It's no skill involved whatsoever. Just follow along, share the tweets, and you'll get an opportunity to, uh, to be one of the the people selected for the wager giveaway. If that hits, they will send it right to you. Put it right in your Nitro betting account. Uh, send it right to you immediately. Everything's free over at BTV. They want you to become a better, better there at Better Than Tot Vegas. Check them out. And we will get right into our first interview of the day. We've got Jack Fitzpatrick who joined me uh, early on Thursday to talk about everything going on in the world of sports and how we can use DRF Sports for all of our handicapping. This week, uh, they've had some really good success so far. So we touch base with Jack Fitzpatrick from DRF Sports. Lots going on in the world of sports So Jack Fitzpatrick from DRF Sports Back to uh, check in with the the Landscape as we head into This weekend. Jack, gotta give You uh, some big props over there at DRF Sports. So yesterday I was taking a look at some of the college Basketball games for uh, NCAA Men's Basketball and so, uh, The DRF Sports Account tweeted out That they thought George Mason Um had an opportunity to keep their game a little bit closer They were playing Maryland last night They were a 9.5 point underdog And so a couple hours before the game It was, hey look, we've got the simulator That says this game's going to be a lot closer Than what it looks like uh, in the betting lines And sure enough George Mason ends up winning that game straight up I think the, the simulation had it Like Maryland 73-71 Heck uh, George mason won that thing straight up You end up covering if you played the plus nine and a half You end up covering if you played the money line That it's like a Perfect uh, sales pitch For for uh, for drf sports there I think and for people listening to our show Because we've been preaching how Come college basketball season I think this is really when those Those uh, simulations and those Matchup uh, information is going to help You and boom right off the bat you got a big One last night
1: yeah it was kind of Hilarious um I I was so close to following that simulation because I tweeted that out and I was already leaning Mason. Mason has started this season off very, very well. Um, And Maryland was ranked, but they weren't playing fantastically. And so I was like, wow, the simulation's really on this. I should probably bet it. Uh, And then I got sidetracked and then I just couldn't bring myself to bet for George Mason against a ranked Maryland team. Maryland started, I think they were up nine after like four minutes, like they came out and they were on fire and then... Mason covers Mason wins, plus 350, I think they were, and an absolutely fantastic game for if you're a mid- major fans fun to watch. and not to a little bit of a plug here. James Madison, my alma mater, they played George Mason Friday night, so tomorrow is when we're recording. Um, and in the DRF college sports podcast, we just released a news podcast about college sports. I picked JMU Money line upset over George Mason. I think the Dukes can do it. And another uh, another simulation simulation winner. UConn was favored by 28 points yesterday over Long Island University. They ended up winning by 53, and our simulation loved the value at UConn minus 28. Don't be afraid to lay the points in college basketball.
0: As to say, especially in college basketball nowadays, especially with a three pointer, you know, some teams yeah. that are just really good perimeter teams versus another team that doesn't have that opportunity, so they get down a little bit, and then it's just over like they have yeah, no opportunity to come back.
1: Yeah. And then they just start pulling like 53 points is so many to win by and yeah, they covered the spread nearly twice over. Double.
0: Nearly doubled doubled up the spread. <laughs> so, we I got to say um you know, I think last year we we were hitting on it in one of our conversations over the last couple of weeks, but last year suffered a little bit the beginning of college basketball too from everything that was happening in the world and 2 years ago obviously we didn't even get the uh, the Mar- we didn't get March Madness we didn't get the, the big tourney but it, it does feel like the beginning of this year we've seen some really high level quality games already i mean heck that UCLA Villanova game last weekend That game was awesome Uh, It was at UCLA With two top five teams, two teams that you think Will probably be around towards the end of the year Lots of experience, really well Coached teams and just like smart High level basketball That we generally don't see I mean maybe you see a couple of them early on in some of the Tournaments, but it felt like even last night There was another game, uh, I think it was with St. John's, that was a really fun one There have been some like high level games so far These first few weeks
1: Yeah, it's been so much fun and more high level games are coming up and not to get too into the weeds in terms of what NIL is going to do to college basketball. But I think we might start seeing this more and more older teams, more senior laden teams that kind of, they know how to play together to start a season. You're not going to see as much one and duns as you've seen with Duke, UNC, Kentucky, where they're kind of rough to start the season. I think with NIL, you'll see a lot more players stay a few years and you'll kind of have that cohesion and you'll see a lot of really great games early on in the season. And this weekend is going to be absolutely fantastic when it comes to college basketball. You have the Hall of Fame tip-off tournament. You have, um, I believe, number 5 Villanova playing number 17 Tennessee. I think they're 17th right now at 1 p.m. Saturday. Then at 4 p.m. on Saturday, right after that one, you have UNC playing Purdue. And then the winners and losers will face off on Sunday. So this weekend, who cares about college football? Who cares about Ohio State and Michigan State? Let's sit down and watch some ranked college basketball and have some fun.
0: Yeah, it it is is for someone like me too who I think a lot of people with with most sports too like when your team that you're a fan of is really good you're more invested and uh you know, this year it feels like there are good teams towards the top, but then you have strong teams all throughout. Like I'm a USC fan. Like coming into the year, I was like, I don't know. Yes, SC lost a lot last year. They've they've had a really good start to the year. I'm I'm invested in them too. And so if you're one of if you're on the opposite side and maybe your team is struggling or you feel like it's going to be a long year, well, that's when you really head over to DRF Sports and you check out all of those matchup game simulators, all the matchup information because. Then maybe you you got a clear head when you're gambling a little bit, right? Maybe you're not as much focused on your team, but you're you're uh, you're still interested. You love college basketball. You want to play. And gosh, that was just a just a really great um, it was a great uh, ad, you know w- advertising tool so early in the college basketball season to say, hey, look at this one that we had sniffed right out on top with a, a big dog that wins outright. So DRF Sports for all of that information. It helps you with everything like college basketball, which is. You know, a sport that you just probably don't have as much information on College football We had the playoff rankings And nothing too crazy there, Jack I, I haven't been as, uh, you know, focused in on a, a week-to-week or game-to-game basis As college football this year Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincy, Michigan, Michigan State Notre Dame, Okie State, and Wake Forest That's the top 10 right now From And from what, just kind of what I've seen Which I think is a fan and a gambler is awesome in college football In NFL And maybe even in the NBA It doesn't feel like there are any of these Unbeatable teams That just It's kind of like ah, you're going you're gonna to roll your eyes Because it's a foregone conclusion I, This is maybe as wide open As I could ever remember some of the major sports being
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about the NBA The Brooklyn Nets, we all thought they were going to run away with the East And here they are struggling with Durant and Harden Harden's not getting the calls he was getting last season As the NBA's changed the way they've officiated the offense And Kyrie Irving isn't playing So there goes that big three And Giannis looks like they're world beaters Just played last night
0: And both of those teams are around 500 You know, you expect both of them to probably improve LeBron's missed some games for the Lakers They've had some injuries But you just, you don't there there's no Warriors team from a few years ago, right? And speaking of which the Warriors are pretty good, but they there's none I was none gonna of those, say maybe the Warriors yeah, maybe, are the Warriors. Maybe they're the Warriors, season. right? But for a while we had like in the NBA, we had up. Uh, it was okay, it's probably gonna be the Warriors and the Cavs. That's what it looks like. You can sort of pencil them in. Um, you know, even even this year coming in, it looked like, oh no, did Tom Brady do this again? Did he somehow just go to a different place and look like he's gonna be like the odds-on favorite to win? But no, the NFL, it's like this year. Every time one team feels like, Oh, yep. It's them. Then they get their butts kicked the next week. It has been a really fun season so far. And and just kind of like the back and forth.
1: Yeah. It's hilarious too. And then you watch the lines and all of a sudden, like the teams that were bad two weeks ago have, are coming off two great losses and their lines are like hugely inflated. And then they come screaming back to earth and then they cut. It's just such a seesaw. And it, it, it makes for a lot of fun watching games. Like if you had told me the Patriots were going to beat the Browns forty-five to seven after the Browns just beat down the Bengals, who we were calling dark horse
0: Super Bowl can like, what you know? know. <laughs> like what's happening? And there are you were kind of hitting on it. There are legitimately right now, like uh, twelve and thirteen, and the twelve to thirteen teams in each conference in the AFC and the NFC that feel like they have legitimate shot at the playoffs and. In with the extra game this year we It's kind of interesting how is that Going to come into play and now We've got Pittsburgh who, who's who got a tie And they throw that all into the They're right in the middle of the playoff picture They got a tie on their, on their record now So that's going to throw things into, into whack This is, you know, just looking at the AFC Three weeks ago Everybody wrote the Chiefs off for dead and everybody said they're gone. They're done. So, and then after this most recent win, now everything was. Oh, the Chiefs are back. Mahomes is back. It's just, uh, you know, they're they're a the, uh, top their division. They're six and four. And um, I, you know, on the in the AFC side, as while we're kind of standing there, you've got the Bills who have haven't really been as impressive the last few weeks. And then I think everybody's just assuming the Titans are going to start to lose sometime, and and they just don't. Yeah, I mean,
1: since. Ryan Tannehill has gone to the Titans. He's been one of the most efficient, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, just quietly plugging away. Everyone writes it off because, you know, oh, they have Derrick Henry. Oh, he's just running play action. But to get analytical here for a moment, play action works no matter who's in the backfield. The defense has to respect the run game. And so if you fake, if you do play action time and time again, even if it's Adrian Peterson, even, even if it's Deontay or Dante Freeman, I think is his name. I always get him mixed up with Devontae Freeman from the Falcons. But oh, no matter who's back there, they're going to respect the play action. And Brian Tannehill is still going to be an efficient passer who's really good. And not to get too crazy, but the Detroit Lions can still win the NFC North.
2: <laughs>
1: That's I mean, so let's get a little crazy. They just have to win all their games. And everyone else practically has to lose all of their games But, you know, it's possible I wanted let's, to throw that out there Let's
0: get crazy, <laughs> absolutely uh, It is it is funny, and you're talking NFC Like on the NFC side, it looked like Coming into this year, uh, the, the Bucks. You know, they won the Super Bowl Maybe they got even better And they didn't have the opportunity last year With a training camp to, you know To get uh, all, firing on all cylinders They were humming at the end of the year They were beating teams in the playoffs real impressively And they quietly... Not looked very good as of late and, and even a lot of the year They've had a, a pretty bad secondary You've been able to throw the ball on them uh, You look at the the Cardinals Who, you know, we don't really know How healthy Kyler Murray is And if he's not healthy, how great are they The The Cowboys got their butts kicked Two weeks ago, just destroyed by the Broncos The Rams have had a couple of those clunkers So far, you start looking down Like all the way through And everybody has these major flaws which is which is just great, it's, it's sort of what you want I mean, the team that kind of, in a weird way Seems to have the least amount of them right now Might be the Packers, who just got Aaron Rodgers back
1: Yeah, the pack, and they've won, I think they have a top three defense and, and then you look down the NFC some more The Minnesota Vikings have held a seven plus point lead Every game this season, the yep. only team in the NFL to do so So like, granted, they're three and five or three and six at this I think, point I think they're
0: four and five, and they could be eight Eight and one or seven and two, honestly. If you've watched yeah, every exactly. other game they could with just a few bounces the other way.
1: Exact and you look down and I'm a Seahawks homer, of course, huge Seahawks fan, but they were up in so many of their games before Russell Wilson got hurt and had opportunities to win late. Like these teams, even the the quote unquote bad teams, the teams outside of the playoff picture, you know, a couple few bounces, they're all of a sudden near the top of the NFC and who knows what happens as as you go down. And and like you said, the Packers are are probably the best team now. They're in back. Their defense is absolutely amazing. The last couple of weeks, the offense is leaving a little bit to be desired, but when you have a defense that can hold teams to, you know, under 200 yards of total offense and under 17 points, your offense doesn't have to
0: do too much. So uh, Jack Fitzpatrick from DRF sports here, talking with us, Jack, The guys from DRF Sports on the podcast and on the video stuff, they have been absolutely rolling as of late Just had to give them another shout out because I was listening last week And like anything, right, ebbs and flows of the season There's no way you're going to have great weeks, week in and week out What you have to do is you have to make sure that you limit the bad ones and the good ones When they come along, you really capitalize on them I, I saw a ton of winners given out last week, <laughs> and a uh, shout out to DRF Sports Podcast for that one. I think that's a must subscribe for everyone. We've talked about it as much information as you can get. Great stuff to throw on in the background while you're doing your handicapping. You're putting together your, you know, your notes and your preparation, and maybe one of them says something that kind of triggers a little something, puts a light bulb on, and and you know, uh, points you in a certain direction.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think on the podcast, I think they gave out only winners. They were, I'm trying to think, maybe the Raiders Chiefs, but I don't think they picked that game. It was a little while ago since I listened, but I believe every pick they gave was a winner. And then Sheldon Alexander, the uh, the host of the DRF Sports Podcast, he had a 12-2 week overall. If you follow him, at Shell Alexander, S-H-E-L Alexander. On Twitter, he gives out full picks every week, a little bit more than what they go over in the podcast. They're a little time constrained in the podcast. But overall, he was twelve and two, thirteen and two last week um, on his picks. So he was absolutely on fire in the podcast guys. Yeah, Matt and Sheldon, absolutely fantastic this
0: last weekend. And so DRF.com slash sports. And You can just click right up on the top where they have a podcast And you can subscribe there You can download or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast there So make sure to go do that right now And uh, you'll get set up for every weekend uh, With all the football, all the great football information They're giving you right now But uh, over on DRF Sports too, There is a uh, an app that I've recently started playing uh, around with It's called the Cash Grab app And this thing is a ton of fun, Jack It is... Free first of all the most important thing It's free yep. and you win money You win money yeah. back you don't have to enter Anything and if you win You're winning cash so the app You download it's free and you Can play in games for all Sports if you're more of a hockey Fan they have those college basketball uh, NFL NBA And they're sort of like um, They're props It's props You know selections but they're sort of You know they're unique it's not just uh, A you know a total yards kind of Prop but a lot of times they'll be comparing Teams that are playing or or just Straight up picking the, the total of a game or You know straight up the side of a game But it's a little bit unique And it gives you the opportunity to You know get some action for absolutely Nothing I I love these, I mean, if you're someone who, you know, likes to play the the DFS play, you like the the extra additional fantasy stuff, this will be right up your alley
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun, like you said, free to play, available to anyone in the United States Um, And it's on the Google Play Store and Apple App Store So go on over there, download the DRF Cash Grab app, start predicting, win some money I think that yeah you nailed it right on the head. It's it's free to download and you can win money. Just just put win, all the money you win from the DRF Cash Grab app throw it into your bankroll and then all of a sudden you blink and you might have a bad weekend but hey you want some money on DRF Cash Grab that weekend so your bankroll is looking looking fine.
0: I mean that, that nowadays there are a lot of new companies in the in the sports betting world and in the sports information world and like anything right new companies come in they they want to Grab your eyeballs They want to grab your the viewers They want to grab listeners They want to get people directed over to their sites So they do great things There's lots of promotions out there Where sites and places are offering you free games That don't cost you anything That give you the chance to win Like that is the best bankroll builder of all, Jack
1: <laughs> Right? Yeah, There's I re- co- remember I think it was to start the season DraftKings was like handing out free money Like if, yeah. if the Buccaneers scored And that was always the time you can only like max bet 50 bucks, but you're sitting there winning like a hundred. So you just sit there and you max bet it as much as you can. And then of course you blow it all the next weekend because you think you have a hot hand when in reality
0: um, they just tricked you. <laughs> it's like, and that's what's great. It's great, great marketing. And uh, that at DRF Sports, what's not what's awesome is that you know you go you play the Cash Grab app and then you're looking at some of the uh, the props and you're like ah, I need a little help and then boom you go right to the matchups and you check out the simulators on on DRF Sports and you see okay so you can help. Yourself when you're filling out the app, go get the information that you need right there from DRF Sports. It's just like a, it's what do they, what did they say in Austin Powers? Like the vicious cycle, but this is like the beautiful cycle, right? It's just the 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 (laughs) circle. It's like the circle of trust. We trust the information. Now we're gonna go put it in on the uh, on the DRF Sports Cash Grab app.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So Jack, uh, another fun weekend coming up, and I mean when we've got NCAA football, basketball, uh. College, you know, for, for both of those sports, we've got NBA, we've got NFL, we've got NHL, and we've got all the opportunities to get to DRF sports and, uh, and help out. And that's, that's one of my favorite things about uh, the site in particular. It's just like the look and the layout of it. It's so easy and it's really user friendly. You, you go right to to the site and then boom across the top. All of the games for today are in order. And What time are they coming not you know Which games coming next boom this is the next NCAA basketball game we got An NBA game after we got an NHL Game after and it's just it's Very easy for someone And um it's It's not something that you should be Discouraged by whatever your level Of gambling is if you're someone who's A novice and you're just starting and maybe You know maybe you've played fantasy With some of your friends before but Now gambling is going to be legal, so hey, you know, I'll put a few bucks down on some games here and there This will help you There are even how-to-learn tabs where it'll help teach you the terminology So that way when you are listening to a a show or you are talking with your friends You'll understand some of the terms that you you, you may not have been into Or maybe you're a lot more hardcore Well, that's when the things like the simulators, the matchup analysis, the insights, you can see where the money is moving for each of the games. You start to dig into the trends. I mean, whatever level of gambler you are, this is going to complement your, your handicapping and your gambling so, so well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to do it really well. It's made me a smarter gambler since I started this job and started using drf.com slash sports more and more um and listening to our podcast listening to our six pack our youtube videos over at drf sports on youtube i feel like a smarter better i, I feel like i can understand it i can mm-hmm. i can kind of take what i know and then compare it to the betting angles to the simulations to the trends something that i've started using a lot more that i wasn't using when i first started using the um the website i really like looking at recent results how they do against the spread just this mm-hmm. season especially because it's the new season. It's it's especially for college basketball. So many new people, new faces, and new areas. So seeing these team stats and the game overview and going to results and seeing how they fared this season. What's their average margin of victory? Average margin of loss? Like there's just so much information.
0: Jack Fitzpatrick, DRF Sports. Jack always has so much information himself. Jack, I saw you will you're doing a lot of the uh, the articles and stuff on there. So far you've had a couple college basketball uh p- Posts early in the week I think one The start was a little better than the other but Hey it's going <laughs> to happen right ebbs and flows Are going to have some good ones you're going to have some bad ones But what I like about that is It's a little bit of a primer early in the Week kind of sets you up for some of the early Week games and maybe what to Okay what's coming up this week maybe There's going to be a tournament coming later on or Maybe there's two big teams that are going to be locking up So if you're someone who's Uh, Just a sports fan in general Or obviously a big college basketball fan This will be great for you Because every week it's like a a nice way Okay, what do I have? A little little look ahead What's coming up? Where are a couple games to focus on? And you are not someone um, That just focuses in on The big, big mainstream games You're a a mid-major fan Big time, and so you'll hit on some of those And teams that we may get a look at Because, you know, more so than in, in, In any other sport you want to start to pay attention to these teams Early because these are some of those Teams that come that first weekend In, in you know the tournament that You're looking at and and then you don't Want to have to go you know they, they Draw the tournament bracket that Sunday You don't want to have to start all of Your work right then and those two or Three days from Sunday Monday Tuesday You're trying to look at all these games You're watching team you're looking at clips Of stuff you have no clue any It's nice to get ahead right now and that's Sort of what that primer does for you.
1: Yeah, not, yeah, this last one, this last Tuesday when it dropped, I went two and four on it. I will say though, the two wins were my two mid major picks. I had JMU money line over Eastern Kentucky, and I had Richmond minus six against um, Georgia State. Richmond won by like 20. JMU won on a last second buzzer beater. So both of those hit, dating back to my first one two weeks ago. I'm 3-0 on my mid-major picks, a little bit shaky on the uh, the ranked matchups. Those are a little bit harder to, you know, handicap to get a good feel of at this point in the season. But I'm a good, I feel like I got, I got mid-major on lock. It's the other stuff. And and now that betting column has kind of paired with a brand new podcast, the DRF College Sports Podcast. A friend of mine, Bennett Conlin, and I, we just dropped the podcast this morning. We recorded last night. And that one kind of does a more broad look at college basketball and football with a Focus kind of looking ahead to the weekend of college basketball we look at Ken Palm we see kind of what Ken Palm has the line set at and then we kind of go from there talking about what we like what we're looking for and some kind of advanced stats and and betting angles trends and data from DRF sports on on how we're going to bet that weekend of games
0: and uh, is that going to be on the same feed with the other DRF sports podcasts.
1: It's actually going to have its own feed. If you just search right now, it's only in Spotify. Apple has to approve the podcast, so that'll take a couple of days. Um, But right now, if you search DRF College Sports Podcast in Spotify, it'll show up. And we're also on YouTube at DRF Sports. Um, So it's all in the same feed on YouTube. But right now on Spotify is where it's at. And it'll be on Apple in just a few days.
0: Awesome. We'll make sure we help share that out there so uh, all the folks out there can get a listen and start to subscribe. Great, great stuff. So we've got our podcast to listen to every week from from DRF. We've got all the uh, the information, all the simulators, and Jack will continue to join us. If you've missed uh, some of the uh, the live streams that we have for uh, NFL, Jack's been joining us for a lot of those over on uh, BTV Bets as we preview uh, Monday night games, Thursday night games, uh, on Sunday slate, also. So come and hang out with us uh, anytime on. Monday or Thursday 7 o'clock eastern time We just do a little quick preview About 20-30 minutes max We talk about the game, the setup And uh, look at a few props to have some fun with With Jack with Beho and some of the other uh, The uh, BTV Bets members Jack my friend uh, Another fun weekend coming up I look forward to, to going back and forth with you Picking your brain a little bit And uh, and uh, we'll talk again real soon And on uh, On BTV Bets and previewing some football
1: yeah, awesome. Last Monday, I went three and zero on those bets, so let's hope I can bring that type of fire tonight on the
0: Thursday night live stream. <laughs> Excellent information, as always. Win or lose, from Jack. That's for me. I I understand we're playing the long game. We're playing the process, so I know that you're always coming prepared. Some days are going to be three and zero. Some are going to be zero and three. But we're always very lucky to have you uh, and uh, and the time that you give us, Jack. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it so much, and uh, thank you. Well, we'll keep uh, chatting with Jack and we'll keep talking DRF sports Because that is a tool that is helping me with my handicapping so, so much right now Folks, don't go anywhere We have plenty more to come on this episode Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form for years Studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store Or picking one up at the local racetrack wherever I was going Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts For replays if you get the formulator version And even on the classic past performances You get the home screen with horses With odds, with buyers You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph You can rotate your phone for the best view And any horse that you click on You'll see the running lines You can easily move from horse to horse The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances You get an interactive format Which is Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone. Cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next. And then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering. For all of your gambling needs now, for horse racing and for sports, drf.com. drf.com for me, for the past performances, it's Formulator. I've uh, gone on and on. If you've seen some of the live streams that we've done, some of the handicapping videos, I like to show all of the different ways you can use Formulator past performances and bounce all around from charts to race replays to owner and uh, to trainer stats, jockey stats to pedigree information. Everything you can imagine there, right at your fingertips, so you can just bounce all around at DRF.com. And now, with DRF Sports, you get that same great information for all of the games, every matchup, every sport, everything. Give them a look. DRF.com and DRF.com slash sports. We're going to bounce into our next interview, NFL Week 11 with Eric We go through all of the games on Sunday And Monday, betting lines And uh, we dive in, share some of our Thoughts in our week 11 Game previews Hey, NFL week 11 Yeah, we're already here up to week 11 And we are recording this uh, during the Thursday Night game, so we won't talk Thursday night Maybe next week the schedule will be a little different With uh, with Thanksgiving, I have to talk to Eric And maybe we record a little earlier in the week or we figure things out with the, uh, the holidays coming up Eric, how are things going buddy?
2: Pretty good, you know. Getting a little snow here in Chicago—that's always fun. So, you know, no complaints get, overall.
0: You get that holiday. The holiday feels as we uh, we get set for Thanksgiving and then on into the Christmas season and the uh, NFL rolls on. Man, uh, before we get into all, all of the games this weekend, there—the more and more we we watch, it just feels like nobody's that great. You know, and, and there's a bunch of good teams. Everybody has at least one or two duds this year, absolute duds, and a lot of them have come recently for some of the better teams. So it is, I, I think we're kind of, I'm kind of getting this feel in a lot of sports right now. The NBA is pretty wide open this year, and it has been sort of the last couple of years. You've, you've thought that it wasn't necessarily just one or two teams that are the the chalk have to win it all. It feels like the NFL is that way. Um, college football, maybe one or two. Pretty good teams, but, I mean, maybe other than Georgia, who knows? It's it's fun when things are wide open.
2: Yeah, it makes it way more entertaining to watch. You kind of – anything can happen. You know, end of the day, NFL, it's a week-to-week league, and that's that's a hard thing, like, as better as we have to remember. So much stuff can change in a, in a week, and you just got to be ready to roll with the punches and do the best you can.
0: Okay, we're going to get right into uh, all of our game previews for Week 11, and uh, we start out with – your lions who hey Eric no loss last week Right there you go There you go uh, But uh, Felt like again it was like a winnable game A very winnable game some things went wrong It was a great spot to play against The Steelers there lions were coming off A bye Dan Campbell was calling the plays Last week this game is now 11 and a half and It, it does feel like a spot where Sure the Browns can probably bounce back And get you know get a victory This Still feels like a lot of points to lay With a team that's banged up We don't, Baker, who knows With his health, he just I know, like As a coach, player Fan, you love that the guy wants To play, that's what you want, you want every One of your players to want to go out there And genuinely want to play But at some point, especially in a game like this Wouldn't wouldn't it be smarter just to say Hey Baker, look, we probably need you To be at as close to 100% If we Want to beat any good teams because Keenum might make less mistakes but You probably have more of an upside Than you know that you're our best chance We can't do this if you're uh, Operating at a higher level In you know three or four weeks I don't know Why he even wants to play this week
2: It makes zero sense I mean like You have a great matchup you know It doesn't make sense because These good teams like plan in advance Um You know, I'll touch on a team later. I think one of their key starters is going to is going to rest. But it makes zero sense for Baker to play. Um, You know, this Browns team is banged up. I mean, they've shown that they can't run the ball as well when Conklin's out and they have injuries up front. Um, As far as I know, they have some key guys in the line that are coming back. We don't even know what's going on with Chubb yet. Is Chubb going to be able to play or is this going to be the Dearness Johnson show? I know Hunt's got one more week out. And then the flip side of that in the Lions, I mean, Jared Goff had a serious back injury. I was amazed that he even continued that game. And I don't, even, we don't, he hasn't been practicing. Um, Swift didn't practice today. So, I mean, there's just a lot of injury questions with both teams. And, you know, with that being said, it's always hard. We don't really know who's going to be on the field to to lock a play in. Um, one thing I have noticed as a Lions fan and a better is they play one really good game and then they shit the bed the next game. So if that trend holds true, this, this is, is gonna the be the crap game. the game. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is gonna be the crap of the game. So there's too many questions. I mean, this is a pure stay away for me. I agree. Um, this, is a, this is the first time Campbell called plays. I thought he did really really yeah. well. Um,
0: first 29 when, plays, I think uh, 20 of the 21 of them were runs, but it was it was flow of the game. Right, yeah. It was calling plays with what were working for you Not trying to just Okay, hey, we feel like we have to pass And have to run And we have to go 50-50 Because that's what you feel like you have to do No, you do what works for you in every game And each
2: week Yeah, I mean, I thought you did a great job and Me the too The thing, thing that stood out for me is um, They ran the ball 39 times Swift was responsible for 33 So beforehand it had been more of a You know, a 2-1 to split But he was giving Swift the ball I know Williams was out So maybe they had a little factor to do to it, but factor with it. But they're giving their best playmaker the ball, which I like to see. Not going to lie, them not hitting the plus 300, which we locked in earlier in the week, totally sucked because I had them parlayed with the Panthers. That would have been a nice little parlay, but is what it is. Yeah, but this is a pure stay away from me. I mean, in my world, I hope they get killed, and I hope we get an inflated number on Thanksgiving Day against the Bears.
0: Yeah, that's that's a way to sp- to play it and you know if you like the Browns, I, you you don't want to lay 11 and a half here. Like you if you feel like you want to play the Browns, maybe you wait and if the if the Lions score first, you get a better value or if maybe start looking at Browns playoff stuff because you hope they get a win here and then if you like them, you you think that okay, they're going to beat they got the Ravens coming up a couple times. They got division games still left against the Bengals and the Steelers. They've got an opportunity still to move up if they get right they got to just win this game and do well. This is—I I agree with you. This is not a game that I'd—I'd want to play. And if I'm Stefanski, I look around and I just got to go Baker. Look, you—you, we need you. You, we need you to be our guy this year. Let's just not play in this game. This is what we did earlier this year. It worked out okay for us against Denver. We were able to get the win right there. And let's get you healthy. You know, I. But I, I will
2: say this: this could be the ugliest group of wide receivers that have played in the game against each other. I mean, right. this wide receiver group for both teams is poor.
0: poor really poor, bad. And the best one right now is Hurt Landry. Yeah, He's so- he's the best one that's actually proven and have some experience and, and like a track record of being good. And he's not playing nearly at close to the level that we've seen him play in in years prior. So that's a great point. This is a, yeah, it could be an ugly football game as we move along to the 49ers Jags. So this one is now up to six and a half You got the 49ers coming off their Monday night win Where they beat up the Rams And you got the Jags here coming in uh, again It's like, what do you do with the Jags? They were so bad again last week But early, they they actually cover that game they, they make it close Lawrence was 16 for 35 He was pressured on almost half of his dropbacks Two turnover-worthy plays under duress Coming into week 10 He had the lowest recorded completion percentage on third downs Again, they were bad last week they they continue to run the ball well It's funny, the Jags at least For a bad football team They do two things pretty well They run the ball well And they defend the run pretty well So they kind of have at, for, at least for a bad team And a poorly coached team And a team that's just not put together well At the very least They sort of have an identity Or a couple things that you could lean on This feels like a spot to play against the 49ers with the Jags at home 49ers coming off the short week they had that big Win against the Rams who they always match up Really well with Shanahan I think is 5-0 and o Against McVay or They've won their last five so I'm I'm definitely on the Jags side Do we do you think we I haven't Locked it in yet six and a half I could get Do you think we wait and end up getting Seven
2: I don't think we get seven I mean it's okay. been going back and forth between Six six and a half I locked I, I locked it in At six and a half I mean
0: yeah, I, I locked in and I now at six and a half, probably too.
2: I sprinkled a little money line too, because this is the ultimate flat spot for the 49ers. Um, A, we need to remember that I say it every week when Shanahan's favorite. He is now 29% as a favorite against the spread. So he's one of the guys we like to back when he is a dog. Um, and then the situation the 49ers were played a West Coast game. They got a big win over the four over the Rams. Um, and then they have the Vikings on deck and that game has a lot of playoff implication and you're flying across country playing a one o'clock game on the east coast totally a flat spot Um, like you said the Jags are actually insanely good at running the ball they're two DVOA James Robinson he's two DVOA in terms of running backs ranked. and we really we don't know what's going on with Elijah Mitchell I mean granted I understand Debo had a great game and I almost lost our fantasy matchup because of effing Debo Sandler's playing running back, but we don't know what's <laughs> going on with Mitchell. Mitchell's their best running back, by far, not close, and he's got some sort of fractured finger, but we don't know, like, is it his right hand, is it his left hand, what finger it is, and that's going to, that for a running back, that makes a big deal. Um, I think that's going to hinder the running game. I think the Jags are going to be able to... To move the ball, run the ball, and I think they're going to be able to keep this close. And it wouldn't surprise me if they win. So I locked in the six and a half and the the money line. I think it was. I think I got plus two seventy.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely be jumping in now. To, and six was was def- was the number where I was going to go uh, go in. I and once it got to six and a half, I was wondering if it, if it, we could maybe teeter there to seven. But six and a half is an okay enough number to where if it got to seven, I would just jump in and uh, a little more on seven, anyways. As uh, we move along. This is another game I really like this week. It's the football team versus the Panthers. So last week the Panthers look great. You got Cam that comes back. Everybody's buzzing. And you know, you dig into the game. Their defense played awesome again. It it reminded me a lot of how they started the year. And it, it's it was kind of buzzworthy again because I think at the beginning of the year, they go, Oh, we got the new this new quarterback, Sam Darnold. And maybe in practice, I'm sure Sam in practice looks okay. Right, That's why he gets the opportunities Because he doesn't have to process the stuff During practice like he does during the games He doesn't get hit He doesn't have to worry about the speed of stuff Guys coming after him at quite that level And that's the difference between What quarterbacks that'll look competent In training camp and in practice And then what happens when you get on the game And things start to flow And even in the first few weeks Sam, they they were winning games first couple weeks with McCaffrey. They had a couple nice wins. They had that win in that great spot against the Saints that we loved where it looked like the flat spot for the Saints and they they did a great job there. And then McCaffrey goes down. Donald has to do too much. They start struggling. he can't do anything, and the defense gets like you you were pointing it out when we were talking. The defense gets deflated. It's every time they know that, the, that he's going to go out and throw a stupid interception they're 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 out of it. Last week, they're all pumped up. Cam's back. They're excited. He was just kind of a, a lift to them. He's a Panther legend. And their defense just makes a great play right off the bat. You get a fumble. Then Arizona goes for it in fourth down and short, and they get stopped. And Carolina scores. And then another turnover. All of a sudden, it's 17 to nothing and with the backup quarterback and backups for Arizona. So, this is a perfect beautiful spot for Carolina. You like the game, the spot too. We you were you were sniffing it out weeks even even before and I'm just worried that now this is when things get a little bit real for Carolina because now maybe the buzz wears off a little bit. I know they're at home but you got the football team coming in Who played really well last week off the bye This is the team that we were high on early in the year And and they maybe figured something out Because it, maybe it's just that they play well Against Tampa It was the revenge game, who knows But once this line was at three and a half. I jumped in on the football team here. I think it's going to be a tight game. If Cam has to try to throw the ball, I still don't think he, very much of him. And if it, if uh, PJ has to throw the ball either, he showed last week he can dink and dunk fine. But it's it's one thing when when you know you're up and and that's you can kind of control the game. I'm on the football team here I'm curious because when we were talking earlier in the week You said you might have liked Carolina in this spot uh, Where are you now with this number As the Panthers are minus three and a half point favorite And uh, the totals 43
2: So this opened up a two and a half And I locked in Carolina minus two and a half Where it's at right now I wouldn't play it Because it's over that key number three But since I got under the key number yeah, of three And that's, and that's Carolina- a huge spot That's where I locked it in. Now, why I'm playing Carolina is a couple things. Number one, everyone knows there's no Chase Young, but Sweat is out too. So they're missing two out of their four starting defensive linemen, which is going to be huge to stop the run game and create pressure to PJ Walker, Cam and whoever's playing quarterback for the football team. Um, I rewatched the game, and the thing that stood out for me for the football team is they had drives of 8 plays, 7 plays, 10 plays, 11 plays, 8 plays, and then the, the drive at the end, the 19 plays. That was the longest their, drive of the
0: year by yeah, any team in football. Their,
2: uh, and like their offense played great, and I think why their defense looked so good is the football team had 71 plays compared to Tampa's 47. They
0: weren't That's on the field been, a whole
2: lot. Yeah, yep. the, the, the offense looked great. It was moving the ball. But to me, it just comes down to this Carolina's D and you've been on it since the get go. So credit, credit where credit is due. I mean, it's three DVOA. I think they're going to, with Shaq Thompson back, I think they're going to be able to get to Heineke. Heineke only has one career road win. And that was that crap shoot of a game earlier in the year against the Atlanta Falcons when they should have lost and they gave it back and the Falcons gave it back. It was the game that no one wanted to win. And he's 0 three against the spread as the dog on the road I really feel like Cam is gonna give this team, at least for a couple weeks, like some energy and, and some life. It might, life. Be, it might I mean.
0: be yeah, it might be another week, especially at home this week too. Yeah. That might be a key. And I do think it's gonna run out at some point because I just don't oh, think sure. like I don't for think sure. either of them, like I think they would be better shape with Keenum. You know, like as a backup, you know, we were, you and I were going through the list of backup guys, but you're, you're spot on on the boost they got. I mean, it was noticeable and the, and the players talked about it. Uh, The, when you saw that clip of him on the sidelines, Cam like pumping the team up and like giving them a speech, not the coaches. He's been around for three days, two days.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I've never seen Christian McCaffrey so happy after that first touchdown. That's the happiest I have ever seen him on a football field. And like, you know, he's like, taking selfies with Robbie Anderson. He's got the team energized right now. Obviously, there's there's going to be that hiccup in the road and like how do they deal with adversity. But I just kind of feel like when you look at the total picture of Washington, of Carolina's defense, I think they're going to be able to make Heineke on set and them not having sweat and not having Allen, they're going to allow Newton or Walker or whoever's back there time, and they're going to be able to run, run the ball and move the ball effectively.
0: Yeah. I mean, big game for uh, the Panthers. Big game. They're right back. in. And then for
2: those that took, I mean, like, I think it was a fourth and inches I gave out. I was like, if you like Carolina in this game? Also invest in that Carolina plus 1260 to make the playoffs. That's down to 300 now. Yep. That is a huge price.
0: Just the one week, how big, how big that swings. And, um,
2: and you mentioned, you mentioned the Browns before, if you like the Browns, the Browns right now are plus a plus 125 to make the playoffs. Hmm. So I mean, and, that, and you that, feel like they're going good... to be up
0: to six and five
2: this week. You feel yes, like they're an eleven point favorite. Number. You know, yeah, that's... and
0: and all that, all you have to hope is just so, some of the teams around them are going to lose. It's inevitable. There's just like a bunch of teams around them, so it's you hope that they're just going to pick up a game this week or half game at least on uh, some of the teams around them. As uh, yeah, we move along to uh, our next game up on the board. Oh, there we go. <laughs> New England was moving the ball, and then uh, we just got an interception right now for the Falcons and. They're, uh, they're driving back So still got an opportunity to, to cover this game Especially if you got it at like a seven and a half I love doing this in the middle And then by the time people hear it Of course you and I look like idiots As, I, as I'm like I'm, <laughs> I'm responding to this stuff You know but it's funny as we're watching As uh, we move along to Packers Vikings So last week we've got uh, Aaron Rodgers Who comes back off of the missing time With COVID And we got it was a it was a great spot for him to return because Russell Wilson was just not ready, man. We hear all the stuff about Russ and, and his rehabbing 19 hours a day and stuff. And he's just I know he wants the same type of thing. He wants to get back. He knows that his team is gonna need to really go on a a good stretch of wins to to try to secure any hopes at a playoff spot. And he looked really bad. So you know, the Packers, the one thing you take out of that is how good their defense has continued to play over these last few weeks without a couple of their key Defensive pieces without Smith without Alexander this game is the Packers minus one and a half Over under in this game right now is 47 and a half and I'd imagine Rogers looks a little bit Better this week he you know after having now a week uh, of practice and probably getting his legs Under him a little bit more the Vikings are this that sneaky team though man you look at the Vikings and They're five and four against the spread with their four and five record. You go game by game. I believe they've had a seven point lead in every game they played this year. Correct. (laughs) Which is just nuts. And they've had a tough schedule recently too. They've had a, a string of some pretty difficult games. I don't really like Green Bay in this spot. I'm not quite sure if I can get if I can get into liking Minnesota. I'm I'm leaning Minnesota right now. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you think of this game.
2: I love Minnesota here. I actually locked them in early at plus two and a half. I didn't think we we're going to get to three. Um, Green Bay, like you, excuse me, like you said, Minnesota has held at least a seven point lead in every single game. Only team in the NFL to do that. Um, Packers have covered every game since week one. So it's kind of like, like the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. They're due for that regression. Uh, Zimmer 61 against the spread as a dog, 64 against the spread as a home dog. And is Rodgers even right? I mean, like I really wasn't that impressed with his performance last week. No, not at the, all. Um, yeah, against uh, oh my god, space and who they're who the they Seattle, are, against, well, yeah, against Seattle against which is funny.
0: He didn't look that much better than Jordan Love like the week before. I mean, they moved yeah. the ball a little bit better, but it, if they would have been in that same spot against the Chiefs, they may have lost. Like if he came back and played that poorly, it wasn't like he played. Fantastic. I, um, I you know I agree. I like I've, I've been leaning that way. Jefferson had the big game last week. Nine, you know, if they can unlock him, nine catches for 143 yards. I don't know how Dalvin Cook's playing, but he is, and and that's you know something that he should they should be able to do is run the ball. Last week the Vikings had more total plays, 72 to 55, more total yards, 381 to 253, more yards per play, 5.3 to 4.6, and the time of possession. to 23-45. They dominated that game, really.
2: Oh, I mean, yeah. It was a beatdown. But back to what I was saying. Um, Vikings are four DVOA passing. Jefferson is two DVOA wide receiver. Packers are middle of the pack defending the wide receiver. And they're only 24th defending the run. So that means Minnesota's two big playmakers in Cook and Jefferson, like you mentioned, are going to have huge statistical advantages against this Packers defense. And if you really look at it, like their first game they played against Murray, Murray was obviously not right in that game, in the Thursday night game in Arizona. Then they go play Mahomes, and Mahomes has been completely lost because you just play the basic drop, cover, drop the safeties back and give him time. And then they played Wilson, who just got pins out of his finger. So they really haven't played like an offensive juggernaut. And I think this is going to be their first, the first true offense in the last – Three weeks that they've actually played against I think Minnesota is going to be able to move the ball I like them To straight up win Um, It's at one and a half now I still lock it in But I got it two and a half a little earlier
0: Got to clean up the penalties they had 10 last week For 118 yards but that's even more uh, Kind of impressive About how how they looked last week Even with those type of penalties that's That's the type of game that Just can crush you with those And
2: also with Green Bay they don't have Aaron Jones. I think that's a huge loss. That's kind of getting looking a little under the radar. Cause I think he's one of the better running backs in the league. You know, they have a great who monster in him and AJ Dylan is Dylan even going to be able to be the lead back and carry it. Cause like, once you go from getting like, what is he get eight to 12 carries to now having to catch the ball 20 times, that's a completely different feel. So I think that's going to be a huge loss.
0: We move along to Colts bills. The bills are a seven point favorite in this game. It feels a had a tad too much to me Getting up to, to 7 They bounced back to crush the Jets 45-17 They scored 6 touchdowns there Josh Allen 21-28, of 28, 366 yards 13.1 yards per attempt, 2 touchdowns Excellent down the field On 10-plus uh, and 20-plus yard throws The Colts have just you know, they got up last week against the Jags and they didn't end up covering. It was seventeen nothing early. It was twenty to six in the second quarter. Then they only scored three points in the whole second half. They kind of do that. They finished with only two hundred and ninety five total yards and only 15 first downs. And Wentz was not throwing the ball down the field a whole lot, but that was that was a flat spot for them. Taylor continued to run the ball really well with twenty one carries for 116 yards and five point five yards per carry and a touchdown. I'm I'm leaning Colt's side at the at the number of seven.
2: I love the Colts here. Just like I've said last week, a huge playoff revenge angle. I completely love that. Um, Colts were in a position to win that game last year in the playoffs. I really felt they should have won it. I think you and I both had have, both have the money line in that game. Um, yep. I And also, when you take a deeper dive at the Bills, the Bills have played two teams this year with a top-10 defense. They've played the easiest schedule in the and, whole league, right? They, yeah, and they've lost both those games. And the Colts have a top-10 defense. So I think their offense is going to struggle. To move the ball here, and anytime there's going to be weather issues, there's going to be fourteen to twenty mile per hour winds. There's a thirty percent of precipitation. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. There, I look to the team that has the better offensive line and the better running game. And to me, that's not even a question. Colts have a top five offensive line, and right now they have one of the best running back, if not the best running back in the game, at Jonathan Taylor. I think they're going to be able to control the clock and. um and move the ball. And something else to remember is the Colts play at the slowest. They're the slowest paced team in the NFL. So their run game is going to keep Allen and that offense off the field. So I really like the Colts here.
0: We uh, Yeah, we both got the Colts uh, at yeah. the uh, the. I got, you got seven? I got them at
2: seven. And then I, I, also, I also sprinkled on the money line. I got the plus 270. See mm-hmm. i don't I don't know how you play, but like yeah I,
0: I, always, I, always, always, I, I always i almost always i always play the money line too yeah there are very few like if it's huge and it's just because something clicked up to like fourteen or something like that, or you know sometimes if it's seven or under, I'm almost always playing the money line i'm almost See, always like, playing. I
2: won't play the money line like how I do it is I will play the money line and the points if the money line's over plus one fifty
0: sure, sure, that makes sense it's uh Little little insight as to some some of The uh the, the ways that we play when we Have some dogs that we're looking at Which is mostly always there are very few Times where we're talk we're gonna Sit here and talk about laying uh laying And laying a big favorite and, uh, and a ton of Points and we move along to Saints Eagles This is another one that uh, I kind of like This week so um I don't like the Saints Overall as a team we were very down on The Saints this year coming into the, the Preseason the the Saints last week Should have won that game absolutely um They had more first downs, 22 to 17, more total plays, more total yards, um, more yards per play, one turnover, and then a big roughing the passer penalty really changed the game. They missed two extra points. And that roughing the passer penalty would have given them an interception. Instead, it gave Tennessee a first down. Tennessee was able to score. That was a seven-point swing in the game. Then you get the missed two extra points. And then they got the, the opportunity with a two-point conversion with a chance to tie the game late. I'm glad they didn't because I I still covered that game. But from a handicapping the game standpoint, uh, they should have won that game. No doubt about it. And Semyon actually wasn't terrible He was 19 of 34 for 298 yards Two touchdowns, four big time throws There were a couple drops in that game They are, I think Defensively, they're one of the best teams In the league Philly's been running the ball pretty well late But the Saints are very good against the run I believe they're one of the top teams Is they number two in DVOA rush? Uh number to- three Number three Against the rush in uh, in DVOA And so you know they are just One of the best teams um, in, by any metrics Against the run that you're going to be looking at I think I like the Saints in this spot um, This is a situation where yeah I, I play the Saints money line Even and because the one and a half I, I go just straight up I, I don't even really need The one and a half all that much um, I would prefer the Saints here to win this game straight out
2: So something I've noticed And like it happened to me last week And that's when I started looking at because I was on last week And I said I love the Eagles plus three Got off with you, got distracted doing something. And then the next morning, like morning, um, no, we record because I was. Oh, yeah, I sorry,
0: yeah, yeah, I think we think recorded. the trip. Yeah, I think it was morning last morning.
2: week. Yep. I drove back to Michigan to surprise my dad for a 75th, drove back. And then the next day, Friday, I got it. The line had already dropped to one and a half. And I, was, I looked back and I've noticed this. There's got to be some big group that constantly is betting the Eagles because their numbers always get hammered. This game actually opened as Saints laying a point and a half, and then it just got hammered. So there's got to be some big group betting the Eagles. I found that really interesting. Um, you have on the head the Eagles are starting to run the ball more. You look at their last three games, they're averaging 42 carries per game and 209 yards. And because of that, the offense is looking better. It's making stuff a little bit easier for Jalen Hurts. And I'll give Hurts credit. That game last week was the best I've seen him mm-hmm. look in an NFL good. field. Um, but, But – The Eagles do well running the ball. You hit that nail on the head. The Saints are very good. They're three DVOA defending the run. So I think they're going to be able to stuff that run game and make Hurts try to beat them. And that's this recipe. You have to stop the run game, make Hurts throw the ball. Saints, six overall DVOA. I think the Saints defense is going to be able to keep this Eagles offense in check. And I say it all the time. There's certain coaches we love as a dog, and that is Sean Payton. Sean Payton is 69% ATS following two losses, 57% ATS as a dog, 61% ATS as a road dog, and 67 ATS as a road dog after two losses. It's just what this guy does. He covers after two losses. He covers as a dog. I love the Saints here. I actually just took him at the plus one and a half.
0: Saints for uh, for both of us again as we continue along to Jets Dolphins. Uh, do we know is this is this going to be Tua starting? We know it's Joe Flacco for the uh, the Jets, right?
2: It's Flacco, and and I think it's Tua, but that thing makes zero sense to me. He's not healthy enough to start the game against Baltimore, but yeah, he's healthy enough to come in for Brissett, and then Brissett's healthy enough to go back, but they don't want him to go back and let Tua play. That whole situation absolutely
0: that game, no like, sense. Like, didn't
2: make absolutely any sense to me whatsoever. Um, when this game first opened up, I love the Jets here. I'm not gonna lie. And then I saw that Flacco was playing, and I don't know yet. I really don't know yet. I mean, I I'm gonna have to think this one. I I really want to take the Jets here. You know, you got a small number. You got an interdivisional home dog getting over three and a half. I really want to take it here and. When you look at it, I mean, what has Tua done to be a road dog? Even if it's against the Jets, what has he done? Zero. Tua road, is one of road the worst favorite. Road favorite. Yeah, excuse me. Excuse me. Road favorite. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, nothing. he's 0-4. This is having four times the old, I'm just 4. like
0: you in that. when What worries me is that the Dolphins' defense actually looked competent last week. And they were sending a ton of pressure, a ton of pressure at but the Ra- did and Lamar. Lamar? Just
2: throw, Lamar, like the flats were completely wide open. open. I know. Like, he, you know what I mean? That like, was
0: one of his. He, that looked like rookie Lamar. He had a really bad week last week, just recognizing things. And, uh, and even some of his playmakers did, w- looked
2: poor. But this is a I'll, I'll be honest. That's why I took the Dolphins. Because when you looked at the game, I'm getting total, totally into on these short weeks looking at total plays that Ravens offense was on the field for an insane amount of time. I forget. I don't have the number in front of me. And that's why I faded them. Cause I thought their offense would just be tired and sluggish
0: a little tired. Anyway. And, they,
2: and they were, but I mean, then again, if Watkins doesn't drop that touchdown pass, what was it? The first quarter that prob the game probably completely changes there. Cause you got that road favorite with a big number gets out to an early league. But yeah, if yeah. I can get, I don't know. I want to take the jets here. I just haven't, I just haven't done it yet. You know, you got, in the Dolphins after a big win against the um against the Ravens. You know, now they have to go to Cole New York. I want to do it because of but because of Flacco, I haven't done it yet.
0: Yeah, that's the same thing. I'm just I'm worried if if their defense is able to put a few hits on Lamar like that, I mean they could level, level Flacco early on. That could be one or two really bad turnovers. So probably a stay away for me here. In the uh, Dolphins Jets but we were Just talking about the team that the, uh, the Dolphins Beat last week that's the Ravens And uh, they are the next game Ravens are a four and a half point favorite On the road playing Chicago now I believe this was a number that Got up to as big as six and a half um, Earlier in the week because I got it At six at one point And I was able to lock in the Bears there I, At four and a half It I mean it feels a lot more accurate uh, than, than what it should be but I did think the last couple times we saw the Bears We saw the best versions of Fields Fields didn't You know, Fields was playing through injury For a couple weeks of the season He was getting banged up And he was not running When you look into his rushing attempts I think there were three games in a row where he had three rushing attempts He did not run for more than like 12 yards in any of those games And since then You've seen the attempts bump up a little bit You've seen him Turn the corner a little bit and just look a lot better. And I think it's, you know, I think it's a good so- a spot for this to be another game where the Ravens probably end up winning this game, driving late. I think that, you know, if you if you tell me that, you know, Lamar is probably the best player on the field here and does does some make some winning plays, then that I think that's what what happens. But I've been down on this Ravens team for a lot of this year. I don't think they're that good. Their defense is miserable. Their defense is one of the worst defenses in the league Based on DVOA metrics They are number 25 overall They're 24th against the pass They're 15th against the rush They're not good They're living off of old You know, people still think this is a good Ravens defense This team actually this year And that's why I don't think they're that great But but honestly, nobody's that great So it's not like I'm talking down on them They don't really do anything all that well Offensively, they're fine they're they're above average because Lamar gives them you know the the ability to make big plays on the margins and pick up long third downs and kind of do things that other teams can't do. But they're not great on defense and they're not able to run the ball that much like they used to. They don't have the quality backs and they don't have the offensive line anymore. I just don't think they're all that good, honestly. Um, I'm I, I like I said I locked it in at six at four and a half. I probably wouldn't play it, but I still I still think that Chicago keeps this game really close.
2: To me, this game says way too many questions. Lamar hasn't practiced the last two days because um, a non COVID related illness. Um, and then with the Bears, to keep, as, as much as everyone talks about Mac and what a great job he is and how he's like all oh, this for the Bears defensive line, Akeem Hicks. I mean, the Packers game flipped when Akeem Hicks went out with the in, with, went out with the injury. Bears were actually winning that game. You and I were both on him, the plus four and a half in the money line, I think, I believe. And then he goes out. They're able to move the ball. Um, he Hayden in practice, Roquel Smith in a practice, and Mac in practice. That's the Bears' three best players defending the run. And this Ravens team likes to run the ball. So for me, before I do anything, I need to know who the hell's playing. I mean, there's some key injuries on on both sides. On some key guys for the Bears to stop the run. And I mean this Ravens offense looks Completely different if Lamar can't play
0: We uh, move along To we're going next to uh, Texans Titans is that right
2: oh yeah Yeah so we got this
0: game at 10 Titans are a 10 point favorite tell us a little bit about This one Eric
2: I love the Texans Here Texans are coming off the bye Tyrod came back from injury didn't Look right I really feel like he Needed that game he needed the Buy you know he's got two weeks Under his belt um And then you look at this, he is 59% against the spread as a dog. Um, And then you look at the Titans. Titans have a lot of injuries. And the one thing that's kind of stood out to them is uh, Barkley got hurt for the Giants. Booker came in. He's not anywhere near Barkley's level, but he's at least a suitable replacement. McCaffrey goes down. Hubbard's not anywhere near McCaffrey, but he's a suitable replacement. Titans don't have any suitable replacement. Foreman's not it. Peterson's not a hit. Their, their um quality of skill production goes dramatically down. Julio Jones is out. A.J. Brown's a walking hamstring injury. They just don't have many weapons at all, and I really just feel this is the game where all the injuries are going to start, start to pile up, and it's just going to be a huge letdown spot. Uh, Vrabel, 42% against the spread as a favorite, 41%. Against the spread as a dog. This is a big number for an interdivisional game. I actually locked it in at the 10 and a half. And of course, I sprinkled on the money line. I just think this run that Tennessee's on. I just think they're going to come back down to earth just because you know what I mean? Like they've had so many big games. I just really feel this is going to be their letdown spot
0: now Ryan just threw one of the worst interceptions that you'll see this is, thanks. what are you doing man mm-hmm. oh goodness um, I, I locked in the Texans at, at plus 10 here and so... then the
2: Titans have the Patriots on deck you know what I mean like this is a just this is a huge flat spot for the Titans so I mean you just gotta like the Texans here I mean there's no real X's and O's thing I can give you just situational spot and tight and Rabel as a favorite and Taylor as a dog I mean that's the statistics say you got to play him
0: Well, the, you know, the Titans defense has been excellent You know, their their defense is up to number 12 Overall in DVOA, their number 9 passing defense But the rushing defense is Number 25, so I think Houston Will try to run the ball here, you think of Tyrod Trying to move the ball a little bit too with his legs And I... Tennessee... You dig into their game. So we t- talked a little bit about that Saints game. It was six six second quarter. Tannehill threw the bad interception on first and goal. It should have been Saints ball instead. roughing the passer, they get the opportunity to get the ball right back and they score. They lost to the Jets to fall to two and two. They beat the Jags by eighteen. Beat Buffalo, Kansas City of twenty seven nothing at halftime. Came back from fourteen nothing to beat the Colts. Beat the Rams on the road. I mean, they're some their wins. But look I mean, really, you, you look they look at it, good. Though, they look but good. You look
2: at it though, like. They beat the Colts because, and I was on the Colts game. Still stings. Me too. They were down fourteen nothing. That guy tears his ACL, falls to the ground, fumbles the ball. Yep. They beat the um the Bills because Josh Allen trips on going for it on fourth and short. Um. So yeah, like it's been impressive, but we can definitely pull Colts in. And let's not forget that two point play. I mean, where was that penalty? I mean, the Saints got completely screwed that game. I, and I hate blaming officials because I always feel that's kind of like a no but they did pop out pop out as a better but like there is just some god awful calls especially that roughing the passer I mean I would have and I was I was on the Bears and like I covered the game but I mean can Justin Fields get that call because Fields is getting hit in the back of the head and he gets absolutely nothing Tannehill gets a love tap doesn't even go down and it's a penalty I mean this really needs to be addressed just because there's so many millions of dollars now Inconsistent on these man. games. Yeah, I really think it needs to be like targeting it in college. Boom! It like if you throw the flag, you review it, either it is or it isn't, and then you move on. But I mean, this needs to be corrected because this is this is having an effect on a lot of games.
0: The the Titans are so it's really weird because you know they're eight and two. They're playing. You see all the teams that they beat. They are number eighteen in TVOA. It's because they don't outgain it the the kind of the ways they win games are not sustainable especially without Derrick Henry because their defense is pretty good but it's not like a shutdown oh my goodness defense they're just getting a lot of the bounces and we see that happen sometimes for a game two games three games heck when it's one on one competition this can happen five or six times in a row but it stops it 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 ends up evening out a little bit and I, it just feels like this is a week that's like a really flat spot for them. And I would even sprinkle a little on that money line also in this game too. I feel like you're just oh. gonna get, you're gonna get a better effort from Tyrod now in his second game back with another week of practice under his belt. Um,
2: yeah, I got the. Let's go Texans. Dirty, getting dirty, getting yeah. dirty this
0: week as we move along to the Bengals versus the Raiders. And the Raiders are a one-point home dog So this game's been kind of back and forth a little bit Bengals are a one-point favorite on the road Total in this game is 50-and-a-half Bengals coming off their bye Raiders, you know, they lost to the Chiefs last week What the hell was Deshaun Jackson doing on that one play? He, he it was 21, uh, it was 24-14 to 14 And he's gone for a touchdown And so if he scores a touchdown there, it's 24-21 And I'm not saying the Raiders win that game, but we see it all the time. One play like that flips a game. And then all of a sudden, you know, you hear the Chiefs are back, the Chiefs are back and everything. And and, you know, maybe, but that felt like a bad spot for the Raiders. I just don't know if I can can back this team really confidently right now with you know all the things that have been going on for them. Do you have a, a strong opinion in this Bengals Raiders game? Nah, this is just a pure
2: stay away from me just because me too. You don't know what's going on with the Raiders. You really have no idea what's going on with the Raiders. Um, give credit where credit is due. Leo made a great point during fourth and inches about Henry Ruggs not being on the field. And the thing that Ruggs did that Deshaun Jackson can't do is Ruggs was on the field every single play. Okay? He would run mm-hmm. a couple different, couple different routes. So, but they would always have the threat of him stretching the field.
0: Absolutely. Deshaun, the defense Deshaun has D- to D- at D- least D- account D- for it. It's like a three-point D- shooter D- in the NBA, D- right? Even if that guy isn't going to get a bunch of touches, if he's standing out there in the corner, Danny Green, or someone who's just like a respected three-point shooter, the defense is going to pay a little bit more attention than if you got Westbrook out there.
2: Yeah. And I mean, like, with uh, Deshaun, Deshaun comes in, go, go. It's just all the same route. You know what I mean? So, like, they don't respect it as much as when Ruggs is running it um defense i mean i was never really high on this defense they gave up a lot of stuff to the chiefs and like they kept on getting the chiefs into these like third and long situations but then boom mahomes would cover and bradley like just didn't he played the one high safety look instead of the two high safety look that people have been doing against mahomes so i really just think he's being a stubborn old man there and just not changing which Completely blew my way offensively. um, They have offensive, the Raiders have offensive line issues. I don't trust either one of their running backs. I really feel that Gruden ran Josh Jacobs into the ground and he's not explosive as he used to be. On the flip side of that, I mean, we don't know how the Bengals are going to respond after getting absolutely humiliated um, against the Browns in a huge game. They got embarrassed and they went on their bye. Zach Taylor has always struggled coaching on the road and then I when I was looking at stats I saw this interesting thing Raiders play like I said the cover one zone um Burrow's average depth of target on man is 11 11 point something 11 and change but against zone it's only eight so I mean he really struggles against his own coverage so that plays into it so yeah there's a lot of questions but for Cincinnati and for LA this is a game that if These teams want to make the playoffs this is an absolutely must win
0: we move along to one of the uh, Bigger games of the weekend probably the most intriguing game i'd say for most people and that Is the cowboys versus the chiefs game eric this to me is a, a good game to play the cowboys here The the chiefs you know you dig into a lot of their metrics and the chiefs Defense has improved a little bit Then you start to look at who they played Did not play very good offenses Played teams that were banged up Last week I mentioned how that Raiders game Could have flipped with one play And maybe been a little bit of a closer game there And everybody was immediately The Chiefs are back, the Chiefs are back The Chiefs are back I don't know what they got figured out and, And I don't know how impressed I should be With what they did to the Raiders The Cowboys are I've been pretty impressed with the Cowboys Throughout most of this year the Cowboys are a team That I don't like laying big numbers with they came Back and they bounced back last week it was a a, a Really good effort for them coming off of Their real embarrassing loss gave another Week for Dak to get things you know Figured out coming off of uh, the issues That he had with health I Like the Cowboys here At this number I, I you know I'd rather play the money Line two and a half is okay I you Know three is obviously a number I'd like But tell us a little bit about your thoughts On this Cowboys chiefs game.
2: This game is a stay away from me. Like, I'm not going to play either one because I have, I have questions about both teams. I mean, I really question McCarthy, his clock management skills, and eventually that's going to cost them a game. And I don't want to be invested in the Cowboys. When it does, I will say this, though, that now with Gallup back and CD moving into the slot, the offense looks way better. He looks way more explosive in terms of the Chiefs. I'm like you. I'm not sipping the Kool-Aid yet. I mean, they constantly got in third and long situations against the Raiders, but they were always able to convert. Is that because the offense has found its way or was it because the Raiders weren't changing what has been working? against Mahomes, it I was
0: awful it was yeah, Bradley was mean, stubborn like, man he was don't, stubborn don't, he didn't don't know he, what it is like, yeah
2: did did he figure it out or is, did he just not change what he was doing to what everyone else is doing but I will say this the teams that Kansas City has struggled with and lost to this year are teams that run the ball control the clock so Mahomes can't get into the rhythm that's what the Cowboys can do even though they have Dak and Gallup Cooper and Lamb. they still have that 200 monster of Pollard and Elliot and one of the better offensive lines in the league. So, I mean, if they're able to run the ball and control the clock, that could be an issue for, um, you know, for, for Kansas city and allowing Mahomes to get some rhythm. But yeah, I'll be honest. This is going to be a pure stay away for me.
0: And God, I can't, can't wait to continue to play against the Patriots now. Cause this is like, this team is going to win and cover this game tonight. Now they just kicked a 53 yard field goal. And, uh, and it just went in by I like mean the Falcons cars.
2: got two What, what was it now? two trips in the red zone I and mean that, sometimes that, like you just gotta laugh like, every, you know I mean? like, Everything
0: about this game Was the perfect spot And you watch a team like this and it's like They're not that good nobody's that good That's the thing so any anytime You hear anyone this year Getting really really high on a team And you see now that's the key people get high on a team But if it doesn't really impact the point spread Then I guess it doesn't matter all that much right But but when you see it impact the spread By a point or two or three Then you all this year in particular Always go the other way because these teams Are not that good none of them are uh, And none of them and one of the teams that we're going to Talk about next is, is one that fits that Template for me and I think you know Their losses have come in tough spots where they've maybe been a little bit banged up. We saw them lose with Colt McCoy last week, talking about Arizona and uh, and Seattle. So, what what's the uh, the number in this game right now, Eric? See,
2: I really think how this line is moving, it starts to insinuate that. Um, Kyler's playing. I don't think he's. I, I think he's not playing.
0: I think he's not, but is, is it still two Arizona's? No,
2: it's not, it's is down it? to like one.
0: Okay, there we go. Because it was two, so, two and a half earlier in the week. And so that yep. was the, like, the, the, that's the Kyler number.
2: Yep, It's down to Arizona minus one to pick. I locked it in at two and a half because my thought process is. I got it at two. And I, and I mentioned it earlier. I think this, I like Kingsbury, you know what? Maybe, like I said a couple of weeks ago, maybe now he finally has the weapons that he needs to run his offense like he wants to. I tend to think he's really not that good, but I really think this GM. Of the cards, I think this guy is with it. I think he's done a great job of building this roster, getting just a bunch of players that can play. And I think he's telling Cliff, look, dude, we have a game up in the win column on the Rams. And more importantly, if we're tied, we own the tiebreaker right now. Why are we going to rush Kyler back when we need him for the playoffs and we have the bye coming up? Makes absolutely zero sense. I would be surprised if he played because of that. I locked in the two and a half. And then also, when you just dig into the numbers, uh, Wilson, he's never lost three games in a row. So even when it's at this low of a number, I still like it. Um, Wilson and Carroll together are 61% against the spread after the loss. They are 67% against the spread as home dogs. And um, Carroll himself, even he's played with a shit ton of quarterbacks that have been just god-awful quarterbacks. In his coaching career, between here the, the and the Patriots, sixty one percent as a dog, fifty eight percent after a loss. This is just what Carroll does. Rounds them up after a loss. Home dog, short number, interdivisional. I like it. And um, did you did you see Metcalf in that last game against the um, uh, Packers? Yeah, yeah. Dude, is it just me or does this this guy got a little? like raging him, dude. He does. You know what I mean, like, oh, yeah. he, like beforehand, he was like out there without a shirt, flexing, catching balls, almost gets in a fist fight, tries to check back into the game. Like this, this guy's got a little bent up frustration in him, man. <laughs> like, geez. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't mean also with the Cardinals. I mean, I, they don't have Hudson and Hudson is such a great center. He's one of the better centers in the league. Him being there to kind of set the table, get the offensive line set. Playing in Seattle, making sure there's no silly false start penalties is huge. He's not there. And also the loss of J.J. Watt. Like, not having Watt there is allowing teams to double-team Jones and preventing him from getting pressure. I just, yeah, I just like Seattle here. I like the spot. But with that being said, if you like Seattle here, you look at Seattle's schedule. They are plus 430 just to make the playoffs. And we need to remember that there are seven teams right now in the playoffs. So there's going to be that team. that And the bottom has of the CC NFC record. is
0: not good. The bottom of the yeah. NFC, we're talking about the Panthers, the Falcons who just lost right there. were right there in the mix. The Vikings, we're not talking about good teams that are down there. The saints yeah. now with, with what they've got left.
2: And I mean, you look at their schedule right now, they have the Cardinals. Okay. Winnable game, football team, winnable game, 49ers, winnable game, Texans, winnable game. They play at the Rams, okay? They could lose that game. They play the Bears, the Lions, and the Cardinals again. And who knows, that game is the end of the year. Maybe the Cardinals are in a position, they're, they're running stuff. Seattle could win out or they could possibly only have one loss. So, I mean, for me as a gambler, I am playing for this last playoff spot. I locked in Philadelphia at plus 500 a couple weeks ago on here. Last week I locked in the Panthers plus twelve sixty, and now I'm knocking in the Seattle at plus four thirty. I have three great numbers for three teams that are going to be battling for that last playoff spot. So I mean, I love that number if you like Seattle here.
0: I I just don't understand why they would play Kyler in this game. I don't it understand. They, there's a buy. Sense. There's you got a buy next week. You see everybody yeah. else around you towards the top. The Rams have lost, so even if you lose this game, you're still ahead of them because you you beat them straight up. If if that guy is not one thousand percent ready to go you have no chance you have no chance
2: i don't yeah, i just it, just it just makes zero sense it makes no. absolutely zero sense and that's why like that's why i think the line's moving like it, it is it's at one and a half now or pick them according to bet stamp so i'd lock it in i'd i'd even like seattle here if they were laying like less of the field goal to be honest with you
0: We get to the Steelers versus the Chargers So this is Sunday night football Now uh, what number do you have this one at? This one's kind of fluctuated Because we didn't know exactly what's going on with Big Ben I think it was like six and a half, six And we saw it go around down to like five, five and a half Where do we have it now?
2: Um, On my books, it is anywhere from six and a half to six Um, Yeah, I mean, we don't know what's going on with Big Big Ben He's going to get COVID tested Saturday to see if he plays or he doesn't play. Um, Watt, huge question mark about Watt. Um, so we really just have a lot of questions around the Steelers about actually who's going to be playing. In terms of the Chargers, the one thing I noticed about the game, last week's game is they just weren't going for it as much as they did. You know what I mean? Before, Staley was being offense like aggressive, excuse me, going for it, and in a lot of those situations last week, against the Vikings he just wasn't doing that and that really stood out for me I don't know if he started reading the press clippings like hey you know I'm being crazy going for it or what so that really stood out for me Herbert hasn't looked right the past couple games and I think that's because defenses have slowly started adjusting to him so it's gonna be interesting to see because the Steelers defense is decent is how he's gonna adjust to um to what the defense is doing against them and then like I said, there's typical coaches that are great as dogs. And this is Mike Tomlin. Tomlin is 61 60, excuse me, 67% against the spread as a dog, 63% as a road dog. And this is the number that stood out to me. Guess what his percentage is against the spread as a dog without Big Ben? Better, probably. 81%. Yep. I don't know if you remember, but you remember Duck Hodges? Oh he yeah, covered, he covered a game with Doug. Hodges. With old
0: Ducky, and he and a few I, with Mason.
2: <laughs> I covered a few with Mason. And are you ready to get really blown away? Guess also who we covered a game with? Your Michael Vick.
0: Oh old my
2: guy. gosh! Wow. Vick played for the Steelers. He yeah,
0: this is a Steeler game. spot, right? This really is. It
2: it is a huge Steelers spot. And I would love, I would actually love the Steelers more if big Ben doesn't play as crazy as it sounds. I would love them more if big Ben didn't play.
0: Yeah. I think I'm staying away. Like, I i mean, I, I might end up getting in on the Steelers. I like a lot of other games on the board. So I, it just depends on sort of how my day is going because this is at night. So I probably end up doing it, but I'm not yeah, on the charge side here.
2: Last week, like, honestly, like, like when we did four the inches, I said like, "Hey, if I shit the bed during the day, I'm probably going to be on the Raiders. But if the day goes good, it's probably going to be a pass for me." Thank God, I did good during the day. I didn't have to sweat out the Monday night game. Just had to hope Darrell Williams got me some fantasy points. And I didn't because I would have lost that Raiders bet. But yeah, I'm probably going to be on the the um, the Steelers here, especially if Big Ben doesn't go.
0: And the Monday night football game. I don't really love this game. I mean, I wouldn't. Wa- I definitely wouldn't want to lay the points with with a Tampa team that is not playing all that well right now. They're minus. Is it eleven, eleven and a half in that range still?
2: Yeah, it's double digits, up around eleven.
0: I mean, that's just so many points. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Tampa just kind of goes through a little bit of a lull. This happens when you're a Super Bowl team sometimes. They're just not a very good team against the spread this year because they've been overvalued from the beginning. But I'm not really. Like Barkley, maybe he's back. Shepard, we'll see about him. Not positive. Like, I'm not laying it. If I had to pick this game, if I had to go one way or the other, I would go to the Giants. But I'm not. They're coming off their bye. Teams this year coming off the bye are not playing well. Um, they're not sure. playing well against the spread. So that I think sometimes they're getting a little bit we kind of as betters are maybe giving them a little bit too much value. I like I said, I like a lot of other games on the board and this was one that maybe on Monday I'll end up looking into a few props or, heck, if it climbed at all more, then I would, you know, 12, 13, maybe I start thinking about it. But not real a, a lot of interest for me on, in this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have to remember this is going to be the game that everyone has their parlay pieces tied to. So, I mean, you can kind of tell, like, how the board is going, as crazy as it sounds. So if it's a situation where a lot of the, the chalk is covering – I will probably look to play New York here, probably spurt down the money line a little bit, but I doubt I play it. I'll be the same as you in case it gets up to this big number. Um, but I will say this, Danny Dimes on the road covers at uh, 70%, and he's 78% as a dog against the road. I mean, I don't know what it is about this kid, but he always plays better and covers on the road. Um, in terms of the bucks. Couple big things. I don't know what's going on with my boy, Vita Vera. I mean, he went down on that last play when the football team scored. And he's the whole key to that defensive front in terms of stopping the run. So I don't know if he's going to play. They said that the game isn't really, uh, excuse me, they said that injury wasn't serious. But I don't know. I um, The way practice goes now is Wednesday, Wednesday's practice is completely irrelevant. Friday's practice is the one that matters. From what I saw, he didn't practice Wednesday, so that's something to keep an eye on. And then today, this whole crazy story with AB broke. Like his ex chef is saying that AB's girlfriend asked him to get a Johnson and Johnson card for him so he can say it was fact he was um, vaccinated. But then you dig into the story more, this guy is suing sued AB to get like ten grand. For unpaid, um, unpaid wages And then I guess like He lost the case or his lawyer, or something Happened where the lawyers didn't agree So you don't know is this guy just making this up
0: Is he just pissed off to yeah. try to get back at him But then there were some I mean, rumors like, that, that Some of the NFL players I read something Too right that some of the players said that AB was maybe talking about how he had a Connection if anybody else needed it so Who the yeah, it, it's, just, it's just a lot going on that's all And, but, and not football stuff and this is kind of stuff that Brady hates
2: Oh yeah but, I mean, the, this is the thing to be. And, it go, like, A.B. went to CMU where Mount Pleasant is. I grew up in Mount Pleasant. And I don't know what it was, but, like, my parents were A.B. A.B. stayed at this house in a residential area. And he literally, like, shared a fence line with my with my parents. It was crazy. And, like, he was cool as shit to my fucking old man. My old man and him would, like, have a beer on the fence line and shit the shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was fucking crazy. So, I mean, like. Because of that, I think I'll always kind of have, like, a, a soft spot in my heart for AB because he was cool to my old man. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, like, the whole thing is just is just crazy to me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, stories start coming out, and we don't know, like, like what's true and what's not. So, I, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of shit going on. So, to, to me, it's the Giants or just, just to stay away. Or if you find some props you like, definitely lock in some props.
0: You can join uh, me and Eric on Sunday morning for fourth and inches A couple good uh, good weeks in a row where things have been going very very well over there And we'll get all the last minute up-to-date information We'll know all the injury stuff We'll know what the last look at the lines uh, look like And a lot of games on the board this week that we seem to be uh, on the same side uh, Which has generally been the uh, been the case most of the time And uh, what do you got coming up on, uh, on your podcast and uh, with some of your stuff this weekend?
2: I got a live stream going on uh, for some college plays tomorrow. Podcast: I'm gonna talk, give my two cents about what's wrong with the the Rams. Just talk about like a couple different betting angles I like to use in college basketball, and uh to lay out some people uh, a DFS lineup. If you followed last week, cash games lineup completely cash, knocked it out of the park. So looking to continue that for uh, for this week.
0: Eric thank you so much buddy And uh, I'll touch uh, base with you again early in the week We can figure out uh, when uh, when to record For next week with uh, Thanksgiving Coming up a couple of Thanksgiving games uh, Next week and uh, just a little bit of a different Schedule for NFL week 12 But yeah we uh, a lot of a lot of similarities and uh, you can join us again Sunday morning we'll be back we, it's funny some weeks we go a little longer this week we got through it pretty quick it wasn't didn't feel like we were like rushing or anything but it just got, got through no. it a little got through it a little bit quicker than than we normally did and uh um i think it's just the uh, the ebbs and flows of the of the nfl season so good luck buddy and i'll uh, i'll touch base with you again uh if i don't before sunday we'll uh, we'll be talking sunday morning
2: sounds good man talk back
0: eric etof 21 sports give him a follow Give him a a follow on uh, all of the the platforms there Instagram, social media, check out the website there As uh, you know where you can follow Eric And you'll hear him each and every week here For all that great information Don't go anywhere folks, still plenty more on That's What G Said Good luck Eric this weekend And all of your plays, big thanks to Eric again For always uh, helping us out, make sure to give him a follow there Check out all the great content that he puts out each and every week and we are going to put a few bucks into the Stable Duel contest this weekend. Let's talk about the uh, the lineup for Stable Duel on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, on Friday, there are games at Charlestown, Del Mar, Gulfstream, Penn National, and Golden Gate. Shore to Shore series, 5 bucks at Golden Gate with $1,000 in prizes. Gulfstream, you can play for 35 bucks. Del Mar, $50 and 100 Charlestown, 25 Penn National, $100 game. Now remember, these are games that are based They're like daily fantasy if you've ever Played that DFS format, and by that I mean it's a horse racing contest It's based all around the the tracks And the horses that are running every day At these particular tracks, but You're building your lineup in the salary cap format So you can't just pick the Chalk, the heavy favorite in every single race You have to have a lineup that's Fits the $50,000 you're paying for horses based off their morning line So you have to really handicap You have to dig deep in here You can't just play a, a pick four Favorite, 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 favorite All the way through That's not how this works And you can actually really get rewarded For days that you have close beats Or maybe you, you, there's a big favorite that you don't like And you want to play against But you can't really figure out how or who This is a good way to do it with stable duel Because when your horses finish one through five You get points And when other other players uh, heavily invest in big favorites and those horses don't win, you are going to be setting yourself up well. And maybe you do that on Saturday because there's a ten thousand dollar prize game. It's one hundred and fifty bucks to enter at Del Mar. It is. The Del Mar-Saturday, $150 entry. We are going to go through the full card at Del Mar just to give you a little extra help for that Stable dual Saturday contest right here in just a minute. And I believe there's going to be a, a live stream that I'll probably pop on with Bree Mott to talk a little bit about that Saturday game. You can also play on Saturday at Charlestown, uh, Golden Gate. There's a free game at Golden Gate. Gulfstream has a dollar game and a $75 game. And then on Sunday, Del mar Golden Gate, Gulfstream, and Woodbine, all with options for stable dual games. Get those entries in and play, race, win. We're gonna start getting into the uh, the handicapping portion now because we have a lot going on. We're gonna go Friday, Churchill, Aqueduct, Del Mar. We're gonna go Saturday, Churchill. Aqueduct Del Mar and we got to Get right on into it let's get Those past performances out For Churchill for Friday and we're going to go to race Number one mm-hmm. Okay, we'll start out in the opener. We've got Maiden $50,000 claimers here. We're looking at Churchill. We are looking at Friday, November the 19th. I thought that, that you know, on paper, there's not a ton of speed in here. The one Christmas poem is, is where I'm going to lean. Four to one on the morning line. If if this Philly's anything over five to two, I'll make a win wager on her. She, she has shown the most natural speed in her two starts so far, and she... Debuted against Maiden Special Weights at Keeneland, going six and a half furlongs. She came back and she was at Churchill in May against Maiden Special Weights. She's faced really good company. She's dropping in for Maiden Claimers, with, with Maiden Claimers for the first time. And because she draws the rail, it's probably going to send. It's going it's to force her hand, right? They're going to send. She, her decision's made up. They've shown that they can sit off a little bit. But I think you just got to go in here. So the one Christmas poem I will be using, um, if she's anything over 5-2, to I'll make a win wager if you're playing any sort of early exotics. I did think the outside runner, the first time starter, a little bit interesting. I don't like the fact that they paid 100 and this one's in for 50, but the dam did win. The barn is 13% or so with first time starters, 23 for the last 182, and you do see some decent enough works to where she wouldn't have to be very much to beat this group, so... Inside outside for me to kick things off But I do like the one Christmas poem a little bit better As we move along to race number 3 I thought the 4 in here Could be treated as just a Maybe an early exotic single You've got Feast Looks like the one to catch for Mike Maker Off the claim Just doesn't have a ton of other Pace opposition in here And this one is actually cutting back from a mile He has shown the ability to flash Sprint speed though, And if he's able to get the lead Cutting back he could be pretty pretty tough in here maybe he's sitting just off with one or two others you know towards the outside you can see Frody and Fate showing a little bit of early pace too but i just feel like Feast will be handled aggressively in this spot you look back at at the uh, the overall form and Feast lightly raced with some upside looks like the one to catch in here and i will use as an early exotic single some of the uh, early exotics at Churchill on friday Let's get to race number 6 for our next play. I'm looking at the number 6 in here running Happy who had legitimate trouble second out versus Stakes Company and then faced a really tough group last time out going a mile. Now you drop, you cut back and you're going to end up, you know, facing a field that I don't know if there are any monsters in here. There are there is pace all over to set up a rally for a Philly who's shown that she can come off the pace in her debut sprinting. The one's going to likely be flashing some speed from the inside. The two has been pressing in all of her starts. I think she wants to be close up and forwardly placed. Same thing with Restless Eyes. Rock Along has shown speed in both starts on the grass. Dorado is one that will likely be coming from off of it a, a bit. But Delightful Breeze wants to be right on the front end. Same thing for Santa Elena. Same thing for Guarita. Looks like it sets up nicely for Running Happy, who's ten to one on the morning line. I had this horse pegged more like a four to one shot, so anything over that will uh, will make a win wager on the number six Running Happy in race number six, as we move to race number seven. I like a, a little bit of a price in here. The number two all choked up, who was only six to one in the debut for trainer James DeVito, and this horse. So you got some action in in the debut, and. This barn is very good second time out, 10 for 54 with second time starters, 19% $1.93 ROI. You're now gonna cut you're gonna be in going seven furlongs again after debuting at seven furlongs. And, you know, while you crossed the the race out because the horse was a little slow and then just never got into it, what I do like is that you did get the fitness of running around the racetrack, which is better than what you'll get in the morning when working out. Number two, all choked up. Go up and down this field. Who scares you? When when there are races going six and a half and seven furlongs, I always like to try to look towards horses with experience versus first-time starters because that's a tricky distance, six and a half and seven, to win at without getting a little more foundation. So let's go to the two. All choked up, 20 to one on the morning line. I had this one pegged like a five to one shot. So anything over that is uh, worthy of a win wager. As we move to our final play on the Friday card at Churchill, we're going to race number 9. I'm looking at the 7 in here, Gilded Age. Let's look at some of the company that this guy has faced. His career debut, he's behind a couple Next Out winners. The winner, Major General, came back to win the Iroquois. And the another horse in that race, Judge Davis, won a Maiden special weight Next Out, then was third in the Nashua. On September the 23rd, there were two Next Out winners. Rattle and Roll came back to win the Grade 1 Breeders Futurity. The third-place finisher, Ignitus, won a maiden special weight next out. And then Gilded Age, most recently, at Keeneland, was behind a horse named Giant Game. There were two next-out winners in that October 9th race. and Giant Game, the winner came back to finish third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. He actually made a big outside move before flattening out. We had a maiden special weight winner, Call Me Midnight, and the 10th-place finisher won a low-level maiden claimer next time out. He is faced some really tough company that have all and those runners have all come back and run well they put some blinkers on to get a little bit more focus for him gilded age i feel like it's a good spot for him to show up and look around and you know not see some of the horses that he's faced that have been really really good so far the number seven gilded age who is eight to one on the morning line anything over seven to two. Worthy of a win wager for me So that is Friday over at Churchill Downs Let's bounce to Aqueduct for a Friday card They have uh, some really good racing on Friday Over at Aqueduct So we'll go to the opener for Friday Aqueduct On November the 19th Mile and the 16th on the turf course. I like the nine in here. Hedy Lamar, who was a good runner-up in the debut and then came right back and took a shot against Stakes Company at Laurel Park in career start number two. And in both of those races was behind Consumer Spending, who was beaten less than two lengths and only 6-1 to in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf with some trouble there. On October the 2nd, the fourth-place finisher... One next out, a first level allowance at Del Mar So the race has already come back live And this just feels like a really good spot for Hedy Lamar, Who showed a little more speed in career start number 2 So they have some options with her She closed from the well out of it And if they wanted to get a little bit more aggressive They at least know that she has that weapon in the arsenal And she just ran into company That was a little bit too tough last time out So Hedy Lamar. The number nine in race number one, four to one on the morning line. Anything over five to two worthy of a win wager for me. As we move along to race number two, first level allowance company. They'll go a mile in here. I thought the four Top Gun Tommy, who's five to one on the morning line, is probably the most interesting horse to bet in this race. And he's not sexy, but he always shows up. He's very, very honest. He has speed, but he can sit just off a little bit. And you have a horse like Untreated who, maybe he's the, the best horse in this race, or maybe he ends up being down the line. But Top Gun Tommy right now is very, very honest and very, very solid. So I'll play 4-7 in a lot of the exotics. I'll use the 4 Top Gun Tommy on top. If we can get anything over 3-1, to one, we'll make a win wager on Tommy. Let's move to race number five at Aqueduct. Another first level allowance. This one going six furlongs on the turf course here. A couple of horses that, I mean, they're kind of obvious. The seven and the eight. Just kind of keep an eye on them from from a price perspective. Because I'll probably single the 9 right off the bat And I would try to close with the 7 and the 8 here Messador who had legitimate trouble in the last 2 The 7, oh, gotten girl She's been excellent in her turf sprints This is a second time against winners She def- she deserves to be favored in here She's the fastest on paper So nothing too cute or too outside the box But maybe we get a single home early In the first, we can get Top going, to- Gun Tommy home there too And then I would just look to 7 and 8 In the 5th race to build exotics around We you know We'd want Around five to two, if you're trying to play anything to win on uh, Oh, Got a Girl. In race number seven, we have our next play. It's going to be a maiden special weight group mile and a sixteenth on the turf course here. I thought the Nine Skims was a, a really nice horse to to give a look to in here. So this one's a half to a, a Grade Three winner named War Decree, who's a multiple stakes plays and a half to multiple stakes placed Noble Quality, a half to another turf winner. She was close up early on in her debut And she was kind of tucked in inside Eight, five lengths off But she was in tight down inside And she was you know, saving ground And was starting to stretch her legs late Once she got a little bit of room And you know it's, you know these horses are going to get better for this barn They're just always so much better for Shug McGahee After a couple starts Skim's now going to go from that six furlong race And stretch out So Lots of things to like for Skims, who's four to one on the morning line, and I may treat like an exotic single for some of the late exotics. As we move to the ninth race, uh, optional 80 non two claimer going a mile and three sixteenths. I'm going to Doswell, the number four in here, four to one on the morning line. He can sit. He got caught up on the pace last time out, but if he can just sit second in here, that is a winning type trip for him. Doswell. Who had not run from January to October, so he, coming off of that race in Jan, in October, You had to feel like he was going to get a little bit tired and, and need that race a little bit. He should be a lot better, a lot fitter in here. Doswell, who generally gives a really good account of himself, he just he has run you know some underneath, some minor award, good efforts, but but finished second with third with you know some kind of questionable rides or trips. Hope we get a better one and uh Doswell. Gets the trip here on Friday at Aqueduct. The number four in race number nine. So that is Friday over at Aqueduct. We're going to head to Delmar next for a little more Friday action. Delmar Friday, we go to race number one. And we have a group of maiden specials going five furlongs on the turf course here. At three-year-old Phillies. I like the five. Lady Macarena. Just put a line through that last effort. On May the 1st Take a look at the sprints prior to that So the February 7th debut Was very good when finishing 2nd And then on March the 21st You end up going 6.5 furlongs It's a little bit too far You're up close And then you fade in a race that's come back live Career start number 3 You lose to Xmas Surprise who beat you uh, On March the 21st also And you have a tough start And then you're sent to the bench for a while We know she can fire big off the bench the number five, Lady Macarena, is four to one on the morning line. Anything over five to two will make a win wager there. In the second, I'd probably just single California Kook if you're playing race. You know, early exotics and in an early pick five. That's a a chalk in there in a race where you'll probably have two or three get similar amounts of money. But it does feel like California Kook. Dirt form is very nice. Can sit behind the uh, the top two to her outside, who will, will probably end up going uh, to the lead early. In the 6th and 7th race Got a couple horses to look at So the 6th race $25,000 claimers They're going to travel a mile on the turf course here French getaway I will be using in some underneath exotics He's over his last 13 But most of these have similar type form And he's going to get a better trip And he can pass horses So I think it's a, it's a good spot for him But the horse I like the most is Absolute Unit Who was claimed my Maker took a shot against Better in a 50 starter allowance, and then and, and was protected there. Should have plenty of pace to chase in here after trying tougher on the off the claim last time out in a race that Sea Falls won gate to wire. Absolute unit, top selection for me in here. The number eight. If we can get anything around four to one or so that's fair off a horse who's eight to one on the morning line we we'll use along with the the five French getaway and then nine Sterling drive who's 0 for the last 18 but another one who fits based on class he's faced a lot better throughout the bulk of those races where he has not been winning as much and this is not the strongest group in the world it's contentious but there are no monsters in here moving along to the seventh race final play on the Friday card at Del Mar. Calbred, first level allowance, optional 20s Going six and a half furlongs And that's the key for me The six and a half furlong distance here That's why I'm looking to Christie's Tiger, the number two Who's cutting back off of the mile try Two starts back, did go six and a half furlongs In a similar spot, was just really, really wide I just didn't love the trips In either of the last two Was chasing Lone Speed last time out Chased Lone Speed on September the 2nd There were two next out winners coming out of that race This is a a Philly who's proven at 6.5 on dirt and turf. And there is lots of pace in here to chase with Saturday Heist drawing the rail. Rain Diva is quick. Delta Wind is going to be forwardly placed. Big Summer will be more likely pressing, as will Lila at the beach. Cassie Bell a little more off the pace too, uh, but at least 2-3 to that are going to be pushing it here early on and should set up nicely for Christie's Tiger at 6.5. So that is Friday Racing. For Churchill Aqueduct And for Del Mar We're going to bounce on over and talk Saturday racing in just a moment Before we do, let's talk some Sarah Candles So you want to set the mood You're looking for something all natural Soy wax Non-toxic, baby Sets for every season Now don't be afraid, baby Just spell it out Com. And don't forget, promo code GINO gets you 10% off. Mm-mm. C-E-R-A candles.com All natural soy wax No toxins, no carcinogens, no pollutants And the promo code G-I-N-O Will get you 10% off your purchase With the holidays coming up This is a great gift for friends, for family For some of your loved ones that you didn't really know what to get Get them a couple different scents from Sarah Candles Let them know these are candles that are healthier for you They are better for you C-E-R-A Candles. Com. Let's get to racing for Saturday Let's start over at Churchill Downs We got three plays for Saturday over at Churchill I like the Friday's racing better than uh, I did like the Saturday Over at Del Mar, Saturday card I did find some good uh, opinions there But as far as Churchill and Aqueduct I did like the Friday cards a little bit better In the 7th at Churchill on Saturday So we're looking November the 20th 7th race, Maiden Specials Going a mile in the 16th on the main track These are two-year-old fillies The two late-night Lady. Looks like the one to catch. There is not a ton of other proven pace in here. She debuted going a mile. And it was on a sloppy racetrack. So it's really easy for me to excuse those kind of races. And in particular, it was a loaded race. The, the race has come back live. The winner, Sandstone, came back to win the Rags to Riches Stakes next out by 10. With a 90, with an 88 buyer speed figure. And Secret Oath won a maiden special weight next time out. Inside draw. In a race where she may be the quickest on paper, Light Night Lady should be forwardly placed in here and get a very nice trip. Anything over five to two feels fair off that four to one morning line. In the ninth race, another horse who's a, a four to one shot on the morning line, but we felt like that was probably a little bit too high. So if we can get anything over five to two, we'll look at Tulane Trist, who we want to sit off the pace a bit. She's cutting back from, or he's cutting back from seven furlongs to six furlongs. Pirate Rick. Pace. Name rejected. Pace. Cool. Quest. Should be forwardly placed in here. Gulfstream Way. Another one who's going to be forwardly placed in here. Tulane Trist will go second start off the bench. You're going to get the cutback now. Was close up. Was in between horses. Was right off the leader. And that was when fresh off a four and a half month break. So hopefully they can get her to. Re- or I keep saying her. Hopefully they can get him to relax a little bit more. He should be able to sit off a bit more. But they got another really fast work into him. So they they he is doing really well. But his best races have been when sitting. I hope they choose those tactics again, like we saw earlier on in his career. Heck, his you know his last two races are poor. One of them was in the Grade One Woody Stevens behind Drain the Clock and Jackie's Warrior. He's he's run into some nice horses. A good spot for Tulane Trist The number 7 Anything around 5-2 to Feels fair And we move along To our final play on Saturday over at Churchill It's going to be in the Chaluki The grade 3 Chaluki I think the 4 Miss Bigley This doesn't feel like the strongest graded stakes race in the world And Miss Bigley is coming out of a grade 2 Behind Private Mission Who is a quality animal Miss Bigley was close up and and should be, was a couple lengths out of that It should be close up in here She kind of has that style where She just got a little outrun by a faster horse Normally she has a pretty good cruising speed She's proven at Churchill There are no monsters in here And there's not a ton of early pace Which means she should be right in the mix The number 4, Miss Bigley 3-1 to one on the morning line Will treat her like a late exotic single there At Churchill over on Saturday Let's bounce from Churchill To Aqueduct for Saturday November the 20th, Aqueduct We're going to look at races 6, 7, and 9 So get those past performances out As we flip to race number 6 And I'm going to be looking at the number 5 in here Mr. Phil We have a second level allowance Optional 86 furlongs on the main track here Mr. Phil is going to get back to Ortiz And Jose Ortiz has shown Just much more aggressive tactics Aboard Mr. Phil Look at how much better he was when You know, handled that way when getting aggressive. And, you know, looking at this field, Coast Basis, Cost Basis, the number two, who has defeated Mr. Phil in recent races, has outfinished him. Mr. Phil is faster when asked. And I hope they ask him today. That's the way I'm playing this race, hoping that Mr. Phil gets aggressive with Ortiz jumping back aboard. He ran into some tough fields recently, and he just, you know, he did have some trouble last time. He wasn't able to get. Out and show the kind of speed that he wants to, Mister Phil, Big Jock upgrade. Anything around five, four, you know, four to one is where I would draw the line. Five is what I'd like. He's six to one on the morning line. As we move to the seventh race, we've got maiden special weights going seven furlongs in here. These are two-year-olds, and I'm looking to Life Is Great. Not Life Is Good. Not your Breeders' Cup winner. This is Life Is Great. Who he's been pretty consistent. His debut, it's a good effort behind Hayoka, comes right back out of that race to win. He's only beaten a half length after showing speed. Comes back, hooks a, a muddy racetrack in career start number two, so you can put a line right through it. Career start number three against Maiden Specials at six and a half, just misses at five to one. Then stretches out. They go a mile and a sixteenth last time out, and it was just a little bit too far. Now you cut back from the mile and a sixteenth to seven furlongs. He has shown legitimate sprint speed. Tossed the race in the slop, proven that he can sit and pass horses. We saw him do it two starts back. Tried the route, showed a little bit of route speed. Now you cut back to the elongated sprint. I love a lot of the angles here for the number 11, Life is Great, who is 12, the one on the morning line. If we can get anything around five, I think that's very fair. Moving along to the ninth race at Aqueduct, and looking at the number three, Soldier Rising. This is the grade two Red Smith. They'll be going long on the turf in here, mile and three-eighths on the turf course. Soldier Rising is going to stretch back out After going a mile and an eighth Which just is a little bit too short for him He was a step slow He tried to get over But he got forced And floated four wide into the turn He had to settle 10th About 12 lengths off And the winner of that race was third And about 6 to 7 lengths ahead of this guy The top three finishers in that race Were 3-1-2 early There was just no movement Look at who he ran into in, in back-to-back starts uh, His first two starts in in the U.S. State of Rest, who came out of that race to win the Grade 1, Group 1 Cox Plate next out, and then Yabir won the Breeders' Cup Turf. Soldier Rising. We'll go uh, with Ortiz again. He's 5-1 to one on the morning line. 7-2 to two was the line we have for Soldier Rising in order to make a, a wager there. So that is Saturday over at Aqueduct. Let's head to Del Mar for Saturday. Saturday Del Mar Don't forget about that big stable duel contest The Del Mar dash $10,000 in prizes Costs you 150 bucks to enter And if you need any help just shoot me a message I'd be happy to help you talk you through the process Of building your lineup or give you some some uh, Tips as we will Right now as we go through the full card for Del Mar Race number one On November the 20th Five furlongs on the turf course The four encroachment will likely be my play Four to one on the morning line This guy battled Going really fast early on He got the lead but he couldn't cross over He kind of took a weird step when they went over the dirt Didn't seem like he loved crossing over the dirt And he got a little pressure up the inside Now you get the cutback A little more experience Second start on the turf course here for the number 4 Encroachment So 4 for me The number 9 Dance Company The Dam was a multiple grade 1 winner There's not a ton of direct turf But Uncle Mo has been pretty good with a lot of the turf starters there So wouldn't be shocked to see the 9 run well But at 4-1 to I will use the number four encroachment. I'd probably use both of them in early exotics. I'd play encroachment if you can get anything around five to two or so there. And in a stable dual situation will cost you 7,000 off the four to one morning line. Race number two, 16 claimers going a mile on the main. I like the five builder in here a little bit. Look at some of his recent form. So builder hasn't run on the dirt in a while. But the last time we saw him on the dirt, he beat a group at Pleasanton, optional 62 non twos. On October the 3rd, we saw him going a mile in the turf in a 12.5 starter allowance that has produced two next out winners. The winner won a 30000 claimer next out. Sixth place finisher won a $20,000 claimer next time out. Builder had a good start. He went right to the lead, but he got pressed by, from a couple others. He backed out of it, and then he got floated wide into the turn. He really kept trying hard all the way, even though the race wasn't necessary. He didn't get the, the most beneficial trip. He was up close, and he kept trying He's proven on the dirt. He's a little bit sneaky in this spot. Builder, who is six to 6-1 on the morning line. If we can get anything around 7-2, to two, we'll make a win wager on Builder and definitely a good horse to use in your stable dual lineups. We move to race number three. Optional 80, non-2, five furlongs on the turf course. The number three Southern Mama draws the services of Alex Ashard, grade one winning jockey who's had a really good good year so far. Darren Zocali has talked about him multiple times on this show and a lot of the other live streams that uh, that Darren's joined me on. Very good turf sprint form overall for this Philly. She found the 6.5 at Kentucky Downs just a little bit too far, maybe a little bit too deep, but the 5 furlong layout... Seems perfect for her. 5.5 last time, she was close up inside. She was never more than 2, 2.5 off. She was traveling really well in 3rd. She was just behind the top 2 at the top of the lane, and she moved inside. She took the lead. She had a half-length lead in the stretch, and she just got snapped on the wire. A slightly different time to ride, or just a, a slightly shorter trip. She wins that race in a tough spot at Keeneland at 41-1. to this is not that difficult of a spot And she'll need a little bit help A little bit of help on the front end She just needs trickle in And zero tolerance to push one another And this is a quality Philly, The number three Southern Mama with a quality pilot aboard As we move along to race number four We've got Calbred Maiden 50 claimers in here Five and a half furlongs on the main track The number six is going to be The horse who I lean towards in here The, the four we are not bad People probably are when you when you have to Say it that way the two Head for business flashing a little bit Of speed you'll imagine but the Six Soto Capo Tossed the turf races On September the 24th at Los Alamitos Was in fact behind head for business But got squeezed back out Of a spot in between horses and Then was looming Up at the top of the lane and tried to move In between had to slightly take Up and alter course now you Add the blinkers you go back to the dirt. That was two starts back. You, you cut back. I think they're trying to get a little more speed into him, too, based on some of the workouts that you see in the morning. I wouldn't be shocked to see this one sitting a lot closer and show up with a good effort. The number six, Soto Capo in race number four. As we move along to race number five at Del Mar, maiden special weights, going a mile and a 16th on the turf course. I love the one in here. Flint Stroll, who showed some ability in both, Start number one and then in career start number two Was actually very good when finishing third Behind Rombauer your Preakness winner And that was back in July Of 2020 So Flint Stroll didn't race from July of 2020 To October of 2021 We're talking about 14 plus Months there and It was a race that he had to need He had a fine start but he was taken back To last he was about 10 lengths off and he was in the two-path. He started to move. He was eight wide at the top of the lane. He lost so, so much ground. He angled widest of all. He really, really got going late. And that was his first start since July of 2020. You're going to go second start off the bench. You're going to go second start at three. And you're going to go second start over this Delmar turf course now. Stretching back from sixth to a mile. I think Flint Stroll will be able to sit closer. Not have to come from as far back. And that will keep him out of trouble and, and give him a little bit of a smoother trip The number 1, Flint Stroll He's 8-1 to one on the morning line A great stable dual play Because I, I think he'll get bet down a little bit Anything around 4-1 to one feels fair on that one As we move to race number 6 at Del Mar maiden special weights 6.5 furlongs the distance um, Looking at the number 2, Little Laura in here Was a, a bit slow on the inside Was back to 11th of 12 Was about 10 lengths off Was in the 2 path and the top seven were really bunched up. They were all within three lengths of each other. And little Laura angled to the outside at the top of the lane. This gal ended up going about seven wide. She was bumped She bumped the rival at the top of the lane. She was on the left lead. She ends up just missing third. She showed some ability, but she was a little green, which means there's upside there. Little Laura hooks a couple uh, nice runners in here, but maybe the Baffert and I Got Gal. I got a gal will end up hooking up on Showing a little speed The 6.5 could set up nicely for little Lara As we move along to race number 7 A 50 starter allowance Mile and a 16th on the turf course here I love the 6 East Rand Who I played last time And just got a brutal, brutal trip And I'm not surprised to see a jock change Because this guy was not asked at all at the start Even after a really good natural beginning He settled 5th He was 4 lengths off And he was in a great spot And then they just, he kind of let himself get pinned in between horses. He gets shuffled back. He ends up losing two plus lengths. He gets stuck inside in a bad spot multiple times. He still has run. He's still trying to go outside, then to the inside again. Nowhere to go late. Really, really tight down on the inside, up on heels. The number six, East Rand, who is 12 to 1 on the morning line, is not going to cost him much at all in stable duel. And I will be using this horse in all exotics playing this one to win if we can get anything over six to one. The grade three, native diver, mile and an eighth, is the eighth race at Del Mar on Saturday. The Five Azul Coast was just not really asked for uh you know, the type of trip that Needed to win it felt like they were worried About floating somebody else wide in that awesome Again but he is proven He can sit and if you're playing him Off his two back race I think you're going to get That type of effort again in here with Pratt jumping back aboard the number five In race number eight that is the Grade three native diver To close things out at Del Mar on Saturday Made $20,000 claimers going Five and a half furlongs I thought The six Fenestra who's going to be making Career start number three now And this one Who has shown speed in both of his starts so far He did not race from July to November July of 2020 to November So second off that long, long layoff Took a big drop in class And actually ran pretty well Flashing some speed He faded Now Hi Milo Milo's saying hello to me Second start at Del Mar Second start for this barn Second start with Kent jumping aboard Fast start, he crossed over to the lead But he just couldn't You know, he couldn't Shrug off the pressure from a couple others there Let's go with Finestra To close things out on Saturday Over at Del Mar We've got a lot more though To come We've got some wrestling to talk History of Survivor Series And wrestling with Chad Cooper In just a moment First we have to talk about Full service realtor Cindy Carava, And she can help you out in many different ways As a full service realtor That means buying, selling Leasing, that means connecting you with the right kind of people to help out with home improvement Maybe you're looking around for gardeners, landscapers, painters She has tons of people that she has experience with and has used in her own homes Maybe you need help getting pre-approved for a home loan She'll connect you with the right kind of lenders that will put you in the position to get pre-approved And to help take care of all of those uh, specific things that you may not know Cindy Carava is one of the kindest and most genuine people you will ever meet C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A dot com That's the website, Cindycarava.com dot com Let's get into some wrestling talk And the Survivor Series is coming up this weekend So I figured, let's take a little trip through the history of Survivor Series It's been one of the big four pay-per-view events for uh, from WWE since 1987 In recent years, it's kind of lost a little bit of the luster because This was a pay-per-view that was built around Tag team matches That were elimination style tag team matches And in the late 80s and early 90s We didn't have as much wrestling on TV As we did week in and week out So the only time when we would see Stars wrestle Would be at the pay-per-views Or Saturday night night main events Which were kind of like the mini pay-per-views That we'd see on, on NBC And the Survivor Series show Uh, Shows would be the first time When you'd get to see all these Different stars teaming up In an elimination style match So it was a lot of fun, the combinations that you'd get With uh, you know the good guys And the bad guys were always something that was A blast to me, and through the years We have had some huge moments Some massive debuts, some of the all time Biggest stars in the history of wrestling And and definitely in, uh, in WWF And now WWE history So let's take a little trip, starting in 1987 It was the first ever an all elimination show there, We saw the jumping bomb angels In the women's tag There there was a 10 on tag, tag Tag team match And in the elimination match The main event Andre the Giant Was the sole survivor To set up Wrestlemania 4 And the build up there And the, these first few uh, 1987, 88, and 89, and 90 Were all on Thanksgiving In the, uh, the early years So they would be Thanksgiving night For the Survivor Series 1988 was another all elimination show Where Ultimate Warrior leads one team to win We had some of my favorites where you'd get the 5 tag teams So you'd have 10 on 10 And there would be 20 wrestlers Standing all around the ring It would just look cool Getting a, a glimpse at all the different teams Standing around In 1988 we had Hulk Hogan and Macho Man And the Mega Powers In uh, the main event match And we started to see A little bit of some, some cracks In the Mega Power storyline Which was one of the best stories That WWF, WWE has ever told 1989, Dusty Rhodes leads the team to a victory This was on Thanksgiving Day Randy Savage leads the team Hulk Hogan led another team Rick Rude was the leader of a winning team And the Ultimate Warrior led his team to victory In the main event That was 1989 As we moved into 1990 We had 5 tag team eliminations And the Ultimate Survivor match This was the only time they ever did it And I actually liked the idea of Those who survived in each of their matches have one final survival uh, match for the ultimate survivor. And Hulk Hogan, Tito Santana, and the ultimate warrior were the babyfaces that survived their matches. On the other side, it was Hercules, Paul Roma, Rick Martel, Ted DiBiase, and the warlord. They were all the uh, ultimate survivors on the, the heel side, the bad guy side. Hulk Hogan and The Warrior end up surviving. We also got the debut of The Undertaker in 1990. 1991, we had four Survivor Series matches, and it was the first ever one-on-one match in the history of this show. The Undertaker beat Hulk Hogan just a year after his debut. He's winning the title, and he's beating Hulk Hogan with help from Ric Flair. Yeah, that Ric Flair. He's now in the WWF at that point. Hulk Hogan led uh, Hulk Hogan, Flair... uh, Undertaker, all that stuff Going on in the title change It led to another event called This Tuesday in Texas And then it led to the best Royal Rumble of all time Royal Rumble 1992 With the belt up for grabs So, a lot happening From 1990 to 1991 You had, in 90, Sergeant Slaughter Was the evil heel Iraqi sympathizer And then in 1991 He's back to being a good guy again and don't forget about the Gobbledygooker that we got in uh, in 1992. Can't for, can't ever forget about that. Um, 1990 also, I, I should say, because as we move to 1992, things are changing quite a bit. This is going right in the middle of all the, the the steroid issues that the WWE is having. Ultimate Warrior is actually on the poster, but he is not on the show. Bret Hart is now your champ, kind of out of nowhere. He had been a mid card. Guy forever my all-time favorite and uh, we get Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels in a champion versus champion match. Shawn was the IC champ, No Warrior, No Bulldog, who were major players at just a few months earlier at SummerSlam. And you get Undertaker versus Kamala in a coffin match. Mr. Perfect ends up With the babyface turn here To fill in the spot that Ultimate Warrior was in And so it's Mr. Perfect and Macho Man Versus Ric Flair and Razor Ramon In the real kind of main event Booked match of the night We get Yokozuna and a Yokozuna sighting, someone who would be the champ In just uh, a few months ahead And Big Boss Man versus Nails In a Nightstick on a Pole match in 93, we're back to the eliminations We've got the Hart family versus Shawn Michaels And the Knights, remember this was supposed to be Jerry the King Lawler But Shawn ends up filling in Because Lawler ended up Leaving the company for a little while In Team USA Was Lex Luger The Steiners and The Undertaker Versus The foreign fanatics of Crush Ludwig Borga, Yokozuna and Quebecer Jock and The Smoky Mountain tag titles were defended With the Heavenly Bodies Versus the Rock and Roll Express 94 we had three elimination matches Bob Backlund beats Bret Hart For the WWF title Remember Owen throws in the towel That match goes 35 minutes And then Bob ends up losing the title Just a few days later to Diesel the Undertaker wins a casket match against Yokozuna with Chuck Norris there as a, an enforcer, and Jerry the King Lawler with the uh, with the minis with some of the knights. They face Doink and uh, Dink and some of the minis there. That was '94. We get to '95. Back to four eliminations. There was a wild card elimination where one of the teams had a mix of some heels and babyfaces on the team together. We had uh, Goldust showing up, getting a win over Bam Bam. We had Bret Diesel in a really nice match that went almost 25 minutes. And we had a women's tag match that included Aja Kong and Alondra Blaze. Into 96, Bret Hart makes his return. He left in uh, after SummerSlam 96. We didn't know if Bret was going to be done wrestling at the time. But he comes back. He's in an awesome number one contenders match against Stone Cold, who is on the rise. We get Sid Beating Shawn Michaels for the title Sid was over Sid was hot And we get the debut of The Rock There were four Survivor Series matches And The Rock was the sole survivor in a match That included Lawler Goldust, Triple H Jake the Snake and Crush And you could tell right away they were high on The Rock We had an Undertaker-Mankind match With Paul Bear in a shark cage and we saw fake Diesel and Razor Ramon As Razor and Diesel had made their way over to WCW But they were still using the likenesses of uh, of those characters As Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were now in WCW Not Razor and Diesel, they were still here 1997, one of the most infamous wrestling events of all time The Montreal Screwjob, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels The night where we uh, we had the big Vince McMahon heel turn really Where Earl Hebner calls for the bell, and they end the match early, and the title was taken from Brett and given to Shawn, and that was the last night we saw Brett in the WWF for, thir- was it 13 years? It was 2010, I think? Maybe a little earlier than that? Yeah. Definitely uh, years. As Stone Cold won the IC title versus Owen, we had four Survivor Series matches on the card that night. Kane. Beats Mankind Kane had just debuted at, uh, at Bad Blood Hell in a Cell and not uh, Just a, what, a month earlier In 1998 it was the deadliest game tournament This ended up being the first Survivor Series With no elimination matches Undertaker, Kane, Ken Shamrock, The Rock Stone Cold, Al Snow Mankind were all in the Deadliest Game tournament The final four, The Undertaker, The Rock Stone Cold and Mankind The Rock versus Mankind in the final, and the turn there by Vince McMahon. They were playing off of Survivor Series the year before. They screwed Mankind out of the title, and The Rock ends up winning. We have a women's title match that Sable wins, and uh, a men's tag with the New Age Outlaws. Into 1999, back to four Survivor Series matches. China was also the uh, IC champ on this show, beating Jericho. Big Show, one of the biggest nights for him He wrestles earlier in the night In a tag elimination match Dominates that And this was right after the real life death of his father Big Show ends up getting inserted into the title match Because Stone Cold Steve Austin gets hit by a car on this night Remember this one? It was The Rock Supposed to to be The Rock versus Triple H versus Stone Cold Stone Cold gets hit by the car And now they need to find someone else to fill in the spot, they put Big Show in, and Big Show wins and wins the title. And this was, you know, perhaps the the best little run or one of them of Big Show's career, where he really felt legitimate. Kurt Angle in 1999 wins a singles match on Survivor Series, and we had a, a women's tag. Into the 2000s, as the 2000 the Radicals get a win, we had a couple Survivor Series elimination matches. We did get a Rock Rikishi match. We got Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker and Stone Cold Triple H. So, six singles matches with a lot of the big stars. Into 2001, this was during the WWF versus the Alliance when WCW Invasion was happening. So, the main event match in this one was Team WWF versus the Alliance. All of this show was basically WWF versus the Alliance. We had a six-pack women's challenge That Trish Stratus wins And we had in the main event The Rock, Chris Jericho The Undertaker, Kane, and The Big Show Versus Team Alliance Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, Booker T, RVD And Shane O'Mac So some big star power there As we get to 2002 Big Show and Brock Were a singles match there But this one was about the Elimination Chamber We didn't have any Elimination matches In a Survivor Series sense, no tags But we did get the Elimination Chamber Debuting, Triple H, Chris Jericho RVD, Kane, and Booker T There Uh, But Shawn Michaels gets the win In that one, he wins the Elimination Chamber In 2002 After his long uh, Long Leave of absence from wrestling. What? He's gone from uh, 98 until earlier in 2002. As we get to 2003, Team Angle versus Team Lesnar was one of the elimination matches. We had a Kane versus Shado Mack match. We had Team Bischoff versus Team Austin for control of Raw. This is where we started getting a lot of the Raw SmackDown stuff. We started getting some brand, you know, versus brand type stuff here. Vince. Versus Undertaker in a Buried Alive match And Goldberg beats Triple H For the World Heavyweight title Into 2004 One of the uh, highlights here was Team Guerrero With Eddie, Big Show, John Cena And RVD versus Kurt Angle, Carlito Jindrak and Luther Reigns We had a Team Orton versus Triple H match JBL versus Booker T And we had Trish versus Lita As some of the highlights from 2004 2005 John Cena, Kurt Angle Was one of the big matches on the show We had a Triple H, Ric Flair match In a last man standing And the big tag elimination Batista, Lashley, JBL Orton and Mysterio Versus Big Show, Carlito, Masters Kane and Shawn Michaels We also had Theodore Long versus Bischoff And Booker T and Chris Benoit Had their first in a best of seven match, uh, Best of seven series that ended up Playing out uh, over the next month or so it was very good. Two thousand six Team Legends Dusty Flair Ron Simmons and Sgt. Slaughter beat the Spirit Squad. We had a Mickey James Lita match. We had Team DX versus Team Rated RKO. And Team DX was Triple H, Shawn Michaels, CM Punk, and the Hardy Brothers. How about that one? Team rated RKO, Edge Orton, uh, Hurricane Helms. Uh, Morrison, and Mike Knox. We had a Team Cena versus Team Big Show match. We had Batista versus King Booker. And Mr. Kennedy beat The Undertaker in a first blood match in 2006 Survivor Series. 2007, it was Team Triple H versus Team Umaga. This was a four-on-five match where it was Triple H, Hardy, Kane, and Mysterio. But they still beat the team of five. That was Umaga, Big Daddy V, Finley, Mr. Kennedy, and MVP. We had Orton, Shawn Michaels match, Batista versus The Undertaker, and CM Punk versus Miz versus Morrison in a triple threat. Two thousand eight was Team HBK versus Team JBL. We had a women's tag. We were getting a lot of the Raw SmackDown stuff here, and we had Team Orton versus Team Batista, Edge versus Triple H versus Vladimir Kozlov and Cena, Jericho. Some of the main highlights from two thousand eight Survivor Series. In 2009, we had three elimination matches. Team Miz versus Team Morrison. Team Kingston versus Team Orton. Miz and Team Kingston were both victorious. And this was a big night for Kofi. Undertaker, Big Show, Chris Jericho in a triple threat. And we also had another triple threat for the other title. So the two World Heavyweight title matches were triple threats. Cena, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels was the other. We had Team Mickey versus Team Michelle. In a women's tag elimination, 2010 saw Daniel Bryan take on Ted DiBiase Jr. John Morrison and Sheamus had a singles match Team Mysterio versus Team Del Rio. We got Natty versus Le Cool in a women's match, Kane versus Edge, and Orton versus Wade Barrett for the title. And Cena was the special guest ref. And because Orton won that, Cena was fired. Obviously, it was not for very long. 2011 we got Beth Phoenix Versus Eve Torres we had Team Barrett Versus Team Orton We had Big Show Mark Henry Punk versus Del Rio this is when Punk Began his over year long Title reign and Cena Versus The Rock or Cena And The Rock on a tag team versus The Miz and R-Truth this was The Rock's first Match back since 2004 In 2012 we had Eve Torres and Caitlin Cesaro R-Truth Sheamus Big Show Team Ziggler versus Team Foley was uh, the main elimination match there with Ziggler, Del Rio, Sandow, Otunga, and Wade Barrett versus Daniel Bryan, Kane, Kofi, Miz, and Orton. We had the Punk, Cena, Ryback triple threat match for the title. Punk was able to retain and now was champ for over a year. And the Shield debuted in the main event with the triple power bomb to Ryback, helping Punk retain his title but they never really followed up on the involvement with Punk they just kind of had a loose sort of involvement at the beginning 2013 a year later the Shield and the Real Americans team up to beat Cody Goldust, Ray, and the Usos we had two Survivor Series matches we had a 7 on 7 women's Survivor Series match Big E versus Kurt Axel was on the undercard. Mark Henry versus Ryback, John Cena versus Del Rio, and we had CM Punk and Daniel Bryan versus the Wyatt family. Also had an Orton Big Show match. 2014, the Mizdow and Miz Mizdow and Miz win. We got Bray Wyatt versus Ambrose. We had Adam Rose and the Bunny. And then we had Team Cena versus Team Authority. This was the debut of Sting. Team Cena with Cena, Ziggler, Rowan, Big Show, and Ryback. The Authority with Seth, Kane, Luke Harper, Mark Henry, and Rusev. Think about how much things have changed since then, huh? 2014. And the debut of Sting on WWF TV. WWE TV. Going back and forth, right? Because... You think Sting, you think WCW, WWF At the time, but yeah, he showed up on WWE TV for the first time, 2014 2015, Sheamus wins The World Heavyweight title after a Money in the Bank Cash-in on Roman, Roman had to win Two tournament matches earlier in the night Uh, Roman beat Del Rio Then beat Ambrose, he wins The title, but he loses it on a Cash-in by Sheamus, this was the 25th anniversary of The uh, Undertaker, so we got Kane Undertaker, we got Kane and Undertaker beating the Wyatt family. And we got a Charlotte Page match. 2016 saw Goldberg-Lesnar in the main event. And Goldberg with that big surprise win in a minute, 26 seconds. Which was actually a good little run for Goldberg. Team SmackDown versus Team Raw. Saw AJ, Bray, Dean, Shane O'Mac, and Orton on one side. Versus Braun, Kevin Owens, Jericho, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins on the other side. So a couple stacked A couple stacked sides in the men's tag match there On the women's matches We saw Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, Nia, and Alicia Versus Becky, Naomi, Alexa, Carmella, and Natty That was 2016 2017 we saw the New Day versus the Shield at Survivor Series We saw Baron Corbin versus The Miz This was a lot of that champion versus champion um, from Raw and SmackDown the Raw Women's Tag Elimination Match. We saw Brock Lesnar versus AJ in a really good match. Charlotte versus Alexa and Kurt. Braun, Finn, Triple H, and Samoa Joe faced Shane O'Mac, Orton, Bobby Roode, Nakamura, and Cena. 2018, we had Seth Rollins, Nakamura, Buddy Murphy, Mustafa Ali. We had Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan in a, another very, very good match for Brock. Ziggler, Drew Mack, Braun, Finn, and Lashley were on one elimination side in the main event against The Miz, Shane O'Mack, Ray, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. 2019 was all about the NXT involvement in Survivor Series. We had five on five on five matches in the elimination matches. NXT was booked in eight of the 10 matches on the show. We had the women from NXT: Rhea, Bianca, Candice, Io, and Tony pick up a win. Roderick beat AJ and Nakamura. We had an Adam Cole Pete Dunne match. Daniel Bryan versus Bray, and we had Lesnar, Rey Mysterio, and then everything else besides those two. Those two were NXT stuff: Shayna, Becky, Bailey. Triple threat that Shayna ends up winning. Seth, Drew, McIntyre, KO, Orton, and Ricochet on on one side. So a lot of talent, a lot of fun. We had uh, Roman, Baron, Corbin, Ali, and Shorty G uh, and Braun on one side versus the Seth, Drew, KO, Orton, Ricochet, and then Chompa, Priest, Keith Lee, Walter, and Riddle. That was just in 2019, and so many of those guys are already gone or different. And in 2020, 30 years of the Undertaker, we got Roman Drew, Sasha, Oscar, Team Raw versus SmackDown on the men's and women. And this was in the Thunderdome because we didn't have crowds in 2020. The Undertaker retirement ceremony at the end, and we saw Lashley as the U.S. champ, kind of leading to a uh, a big run that came right after. For Lashley So we're going to get into This week in wrestling with Chad Cooper But before we do This has been like the second or third time This has happened and it's been really Unfortunate Uh, It's so sad anytime anyone loses their job But when We recorded earlier With Chad this news had not broke that Another big round of WWE Releases came and this one Was just really surprising We had John Morrison, Top Dollar, Ashante Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and Jackson Riker. So, Hit Row, who was just really over on NXT. They just got pulled up. They were on TV last week. This doesn't make any sense to me. John Morrison's been on TV. Drake Maverick's been on TV recently. They cited budget cuts as the reason. I just don't get this. It. Does not make any sense There are a lot of talented people that are getting cut here That you couldn't find something to do with So th- this ended up happening After Chad and I had recorded this morning So we don't talk about uh, any of those releases or anything But we do talk about a preview for Survivor Series We talk some NXT 2.0 And we talk uh, AEW Full Gear And what happened over the week, uh, the weekend at Full Gear And then throughout the week with Dynamite and what's moving forward with some of the new storylines. So this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper.
2: Here it is, folks, fight of the night. And trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, come down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper.
0: It's time for another edition of this week in wrestling with chad cooper and we have a a lot to talk about this week as we're coming off of a big show in aew lots of things happening over there and we're getting set for a big show in the wwe coop man i was going through some of the old survivor series i'm going to do a little segment talking about the history of survivor series and wow uh, i know in recent years it hasn't felt as big of a deal as it used to but There have been a lot of huge things through the years That have happened at Survivor Series I mean, heck, we got the debut of The Undertaker The debut of The Rock Sting showed up for the first time The Shield debuted at Survivor Series We've seen some really big moments The Montreal Screwjob that we all remember Uh, That Deadliest Game tournament Where we had the the big double turns It's always been a really important show Just kind of hasn't felt as much the last couple years
3: Why do you think it hasn't felt that way? In the last couple of you years know what?
0: It- I, I think it's because of the the way They've sort of set it up with the brand versus brand It makes it di- more difficult to build You know just sure. Just think about it. like this week on Raw Big E's going to be Facing Roman Reigns but Big E wasn't Really involved with Roman Reigns In, in a whole lot you know you had the Usos Kind of showing up there and it just It's harder to build I think um, The one that I did like in recent Years a lot was the one when NXT showed up Yes So yes. I thought that was great We had NXT Basically everything was like triple threats We had the NXT champions Throwing their weight around And we had NXT proving that they could um, Also compete That, that to me um, I, know I think there's one thing that we've, we've talked about Is that the matches Before too You know in the late 80s early 90s There wasn't 10 hours of TV a week We didn't need to fill all this time and we didn't. You didn't usually get big star against a big star, if it, unless it was a pay per view or a Saturday night's main event, right? And that Good that point. was it. It was all Ultimate Warrior versus a jobber, Hogan versus somebody you know, or we would get <laughs> yeah, like mid card versus somebody that you never heard of. Nowadays, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, we get all these versions and combinations of of wrestlers and tags that we just ne- we never got back in the day. So it was so cool seeing like the Ultimate Warrior and the Rockers and the Texas Tornado on a team. <laughs> it was very like, fun oh like, Gosh, wow. look at these and then you got like on the other side, it's like Mr. Perfect and Demolition, you know. It's like, oh, yeah,
3: no, they, I, I also think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Survivor Series, we got the gobbledygooker Gooker. If I'm not mistaken, one we night we did. About
0: that time. was when they were teasing the Big Egg. A lot of people yeah. thought that might have been Flair. That Flair, was going to yeah. show up. They they were joking Flair. about. And it was the gobbledygooker doing some crisscrosses with with freaking uh, mean gene in the ring, right? <laughs> yeah, so. and,
3: you know, and you bring up you bring up a lot of good points. I I think uh, that that does hurt it. And and Becky Lynch had a good point earlier this week doing some press to promote Survivor Series, which I think her and Charlotte have have done better than what anyone else really on this on, oh yeah on, on this oh show. yeah i'm whether, interested in them for it, sure. whether, it's, whether it's whether it's a work uh or, or a shoot they've been doing good but becky let said, you know these survivor series matches are good but man they they sure they're missing out on something a, a stake being involved the something you know if you don't Look, we know title versus title. We know somebody's not going to win two titles. We know that, you know, that's not the WWE's way of thinking. But, you know, something put in this match, uh, allowing this it's about match, where we, we are, like, are, Cooper.
0: Oh, how how easy it, would it be to say all of the survivors are automatically qualified for the Royal Rumble?
3: And get to pick their spot or, you right?
0: Know, you know. Exactly. Something. They're and, in. And I, and then in the next few weeks, then you figure it's like the winning survivor team are the final five spots or the number 30 or sure. some, a- anything to where, okay, cool. So now, now you've got a whole six weeks to where you're already building to your Royal Rumble and you're right. already getting the, the road to WrestleMania jump-started because Becky Charlotte is going to be great. Roman Big E is going to be great. But you don't feel like it's not really a champion versus champion match Because they're not winning the title The titles aren't on the line So they're not winning both titles It's it, it, And they'll be very good matches Like I'm, I'm super pumped for them And the elimination match will be good You just wish that there was a little bit more stakes Stakes on the Are line Something up for grabs
3: Do you think they called an audible By having a mystery teammate on both smackdown side uh, in the men's and women's matches or is this something they they have planned what are your thoughts on 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 that because it, this is is this a, a debut Or is this a, do we get von wagner that's what i was thinking i was you know, thinking von popped wagner up SmackDown, you know? popped
0: up on smackdown and they mentioned it on NXT uh, this this week that von wagner was there kyle o'reilly brought it to attention that he was there you know helping out Adam Pierce or being a bodyguard for him. I think he may show back up. And it's you know it's a little disappointing I think just on paper the the show's going to be great. Sure. I, I'll tell you right now it's going to be great. It's just the build has been a little disappointing leading up to it because they they sort of get hamstrung by you know uh, everybody being on different brands, uh, and not not being able to build with the, your you know build to you a match with your competitor because they're on Friday and you're on Monday, and we just had a dra- uh, we just had a draft too. Right. We just had a brand split. If if we had a draft right after WrestleMania. And then we had Survivor Series. The whole brand versus brand thing would mean a little bit more. Half of these people just switch brands. They don't care about
2: <laughs> yeah. If they're no on loyalty. the
0: the red or the blue. It doesn't it, it doesn't was, matter. Was
3: it, was it last year? Didn't Raw sweep every match?
0: Every match last year, all like all of them.
3: And, and what I think it's funny, and somebody brought it, you know, to the forefront, was Adam Pierce, you know, scolding people on Raw you reminding you, you know, Raul better, wait a minute. Don't you work on SmackDown? You do too? both.
0: You work on both. Come on. And I think Come on. um on the women's side, and we'll get there too, they actually have both men's and women's matches on the SmackDown side, don't have one of their um, one of their teammates uh, announced. And maybe that's Sonya Deville. Maybe she takes the spot herself. Sure. Uh, cause she she took Aaliyah out of that spot. So let's go through what we're talking uh, Survivor Series. Let's go through the Survivor Series card. Well, uh, this week will be a little bit short, just a, a little different, maybe a little bit shorter recap than normal. Than uh, on our time, I've got some time constraints coming up, but we're going to hit sur- uh, Survivor Series. We'll preview, we'll talk about uh, a lot of the stuff that happened in WWE this week, and then we'll get over to Full Gear and AEW uh, and talk about what's going on there. So on the Survivor Series card right now, I'm imagining we'll get. One other elimination match that's on the kickoff, probably. We always end up getting one of those with a lot of the lower mid card uh, wrestlers. So maybe even one on the men's or one on the women's. But things that are listed Damian Priest versus Nakamura. So you've got the US champ versus the Intercontinental champ. You know, we don't see, and I wonder sometimes if maybe he's a little banged up or what it is, because we don't see Nakamura get to wrestle all that much anymore. Like, we sort of expected when he came over he doesn't and he's losing
3: in tag matches
0: we we don't get him going 15 minutes in these really good matches like we really we we expected and we got from him in NXT and at the sort of the beginning of his WWE run this should be just at the very least this should be that This should be these two guys going out there for 15 minutes Damian Priest is developing this new really badass kind of hard hitting Character, so I think that these two guys Will probably lay it in pretty good and Have one of those fun matches, it would make The most sense for me, to me To have Priest win this thing clean And then afterwards you have them kind of Show the respect, give a handshake or something like that
3: Yeah, Shinsuke's been Losing, you know, whether it's Singles, but he's been losing a lot of tag Matches, he lost, you know, Friday night again On Smackdown, him and Books lost To uh, the Los Lotharios, so uh, I'm excited about this match I, It probably could have been really Heavily built and Promoted but it uh, it hasn't Been but that won't take away from The match I think this is probably one Of your better matches on the card I mean there's What six matches listed All of they're, them are they're all gonna quality. be good like Every
0: yeah. one of these matches RK bro Versus the Usos I mean this Thing is gonna be great yeah, these guys Are gonna fantastic. be flying around uh, This is like Hot like They've had, Both of these teams have had really And all four of these guys have had very good Last years or so They've all been very hot They've had moments where they were right up at the top of the card And this will be a blast I I think It would make the most sense I'd like to see the Usos lose this match Because then you start to get all that You know, you can do a lot of things with this match actually Because if the Usos lose You get them, you know, disappointing Roman And you get all that That between them or if something happens with RK bro that can already start to you know seed the turn for these two guys which we we kind of think and we maybe assume may may end up being a WrestleMania match for the two of them.
3: yeah I, I, I think I, I'm with you I, I think RK bro wins here uh, but you're you're starting to see all kind of problems and mm-hmm. and unfortunately for RK bro they, they've gotten really really cold. Uh, it's not their fault uh, Maybe it is with Orton being away And just something hasn't seemed right I think we talk about this uh, all the time But I, I'd like to see RK-Bro go over here uh, I know the Usos were just on Raw um, But I, I, I think it's more important for the storyline If you're going to build Orton versus Riddle I think they need to win here
0: We get the Team Raw women's match So Bianca, Rhea, Liv, Carmella, and Zelina versus. Sasha Banks, Shayna, Shotzi Natty and uh, a, a female woman to be named later On the uh, Smackdown side So I mean These these teams are both pretty well Pretty well built you've got Bianca Who's you know been in the main event She's leading the one side uh, Sasha leading the other side with Shayna uh, There you've got Liv Who's sort of the next contender up and coming They've been doing a great job with Zelina She's won every match that she's been in Or she has not lost a match since the the Queen of the ring stuff so at least they're, they're Running with her here this should be fun This should be good a lot of talented Women here and I think I mean either Like giving team Raw the win with like Bianca And Liv would probably be. I mean, Team Raw. You've got Bianca, Liv, and Zelina. Any of whom I think could would could like get the most out of being a survivor and to be being around here. Sasha obviously makes sense. Shotzi would be great too because they're trying to build her. So I think some like of those women. I think combinations of them should be the survivors because they seem like they've got the most going on right now.
3: Yeah, I, I'm, i, I tried to take a peek at some of the early odds and I know they changed, but I, I did notice that the raw women's team was the, was the slim favorite as opposed to uh, the men's of uh, the raw men's team. Uh, is the underdog. I, I, I think the raw women's probably needs to win this match. I think they will uh, on the other side. I think SmackDown does, but you know, Hey, History says, man, that they've been real, real raw heavy in these matches. But uh, look, I I, I like the rosters on the women's rosters on both of these teams. Me too. Uh, They're good. Look, man, I'm really not into it. I'm starting to get into this mask gimmick a little bit now with Carmelo. I really, (laughs) I really, uh, Carmelo, I really think, I really do. I really think Corey Graves helps this out. It It does. And Zelina
0: and her together... Or yes. like the combination of them, it's it's all it all fits. It sort of helps f- flesh it all out. To the, the more and more you look at it, so I do think that it just feels like Team Raw has a little bit more going on right now versus Team yeah. SmackDown. True. I could see like Sasha and Shotzi getting into it, double DQ there, right, or something, or like right. them, sure. not or like them two taking each other out, and then all of a sudden the rest of Team SmackDown doesn't look that strong.
3: And, right. And the, the thing is, who's going to be the last person standing? You know, this elimination match. You, I assume Bianca probably for Raw, and maybe Shot uh, Sasha on the other side, or maybe Shayna. I, I don't know, but that will be an interesting.
0: It would be uh, great if Live, like, if you know you want Live to be the next. That's a so, good like, point now, see, like, looking that's at who point. who you've got coming next, right? Live and Shotzi would be great to build them. To, to to be strong for them because You know it, it does a good job Sha- Sasha is going to be strong No matter what I don't right. think you want Bianca to lose so maybe right. you have Bianca and Liv standing tall Together or, or something like that As a yeah bunch of talented Women in that Raw versus Smackdown match and then on the uh, the Women's side we've got Becky versus Charlotte we tease this one man I'm I'm super pumped For this because I think it was Wade Keller who might have said, my only my only hope is that they don't try to do like a worked shoot. I hope they either sure. a do a great match because we know that these women can have a great match or b, they they are like you know a little snug and they don't like each other and they kind of lean into it a little bit. But I don't want it to be like a faked, real fight because those don't end up coming out the best. These two women have done a great job building this. I'm really interested in it. Saw uh, Charlotte doing the uh oh thing <laughs> last week it was great. Becky is just blasting Charlotte in every interview publicly that she can, like blasting her, blasting the blasting family, Rick. just yeah. blasting the family. Man, she's going after <laughs> them. So this, I I don't think like I, they're they're working. These are two very very. Top level stars hey, we're, Wait stop me if you heard this one before Two great great Athletes who come into the sport Almost the same time they come up together They're friends then they're enemies They both have egos they both think very highly Of themselves and probably the you know What should be done with their characters And I mean, Sean and Brett We've seen this all the time uh, You know we've seen it with uh, The, the uh, Cena and, uh, and Orton coming up and, and a lot of their group that came up together it's just, it's not crazy. I think they probably are friends who may be pissed off at each other in real life, and they're leaning into this right now, which is great.
3: So, who, who do you want to see go over? Charlotte should witness. We, you think Charlotte? See, I we're gonna disagree now. Good. It's the first time in a long time. Nice. You know, Let's do it. Disagree. I, I I think Becky. I I, I do. I, I know. I don't know. I just I feel like Becky is the badass here. I know Charlotte's the queen. Uh, I see your point. It's very valid. But I'm team Becky here. I'm I'm goo goo gaga over Becky. I I I think
0: and and I Becky's hotter in the in the sense of like I think she's Becky's going to be the total baby face here.
3: Unfortunately,
0: and which which I'm I'm a little worried about for her character. You know. Because she's done a pretty good job of making people hate her recently, and now she's just gonna be cheered, no doubt because nobody wants i I'd love to see Charlotte cheat to win. I'm, that's how I okay with that That's how I'd like to see it not not a clean win. I'd love to see char Charlotte do something cheap to get the win, like kind of like Becky's been doing the cheap stuff recently, and Becky kind of just maybe looks at her and gives her like a oh, oh, you got you know one of those um yeah. This I'm I'm the, this is the, the match I'm the most interested in on the on the card. Uh, yeah, me
3: too. I'm okay just, with that. Though.
0: Just and me and if Becky wins clean, like if if either one of these two are gonna win clean right now, it should be Becky for sure. If you're gonna go in that direction, Becky should win clean. Like she shouldn't be losing yet right now. If you're yeah, gonna she's have gonna be
3: the baby face in this match, and that's unfortunate, sure. but there's so many people that that love to hate Charlotte, including me. Uh, if Charlotte's going to win, it, it definitely has to be a gimmick cheat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sure. To build, to keep getting uh, some more heat on her, as we get to the men's side. So we've got the team, uh, the men's elimination match. Team Raw: Seth, Finn, Kevin Owens, Lashley, and Austin Theory. I mean, that's a pretty stacked Raw roster. And then you've got the young, the young up and comer, in Austin Theory. You've got four former world champions in Austin Theory. And then on SmackDown, you've got McIntyre, Jeff Hardy. King Woods happy Corbin and they have Not <laughs> announced their final so just, just On paper like Team Raw feels A lot stronger you've got Seth And KO who have been in the main event Picture Lashley was just the champ And Finn was uh You know battling it out on, uh, for With Roman at, on Smackdown On the other side you've got You know Jeff Hardy who he, He's not been Actually as of late he's been treated better But for a while he was losing all the time
3: and uh, he got put they, into this match, right? He had to win to get in. Is that right? Yeah, and Sammy's they dropped name, right? dropped
0: Sammy. Um, King Woods is getting a nice push right now. He got a he, he got a win. Oh, and you know, it would not be shocking to see him be around towards the end, right now. Happy Corbin, I don't think will will do much. Like if I was looking at this match and kind of handicapping it, the guys on the SmackDown side that could use this the most would be Drew or Woods. I yeah. think if we're around. You build off of the woods king gimmick Drew can say hey look I'm the new guy On Smackdown but I led team Smackdown Roman you think you're the face I'm coming After you you know and and He he could go to try to go uh, to Roman and then on the on the raw Side I mean any Like they all are pretty intriguing Because Seth and KO have the, The stuff going on with Big E Lashley has been towards the top of the, the roster for a while. Austin Theory as a as a new young guy could you know could gain a lot from being a survivor in this match. And then Finn, he's always we're always looking for something that Finn could use to to grab onto to kind of jumpstart him. You know, we had a great match with KO on Raw this past weekend the you know there were some that long matches on Raw, but there was some really good in-ring work. You kind of compare it to a uh, dynamite yeah. and and there wasn't a whole lot, of, as much in ring work because I think a lot of we're seeing, and we'll get to AEW in a minute. There a lot of some of their bigger wrestlers are banged up right now, um, and they're they're a little bit, especially Kenny and some of the others, so they can't couldn't quite go. Um, but this should be a great match. It just it to me it feels like most of these Raw sides just feel like they're either a little bit hotter or their teams maybe a little bit stronger coming in.
3: Especially star power. I think Austin Theory yeah. is your wild card here. I really do. Um, I, I assume KO and Rollins. Um, I, I just, you know, if you're, if you're going to make a bet that Vaughn Wagner shows up, I, I, I'm with you. Happy Corbin is just, I, I am a, <laughs> I love Baron Corbin. I've said it week in, week out. I hate this character, what they've done for him. It's ruined him. I think he Terrible. has the no business. At this this madcap that, that's going to be with him. Um, I just, you know, I don't see how Raw really loses this match. I know the uh, the early odds may say it leans to SmackDown or whatever a little bit, but man, I just don't see it. You got to think Drew's probably uh, Drew and Woods are the last two standing.
0: I was right. I could see like those two against being left against five, and then maybe eliminating one or two and getting down to sure, you know. Yeah, maybe Seth and KO get into it with each other, or maybe Finn, you know Finn does something that uh, to screw over KO, and you know who knows. But it's weird because that is a team of all heels except for Finn. Right. Now, Seth, KO, Lashley, that's and Austin right. Theory, and then on the other side you've got Drew, Hardy, King Woods, all baby faces, and then Happy Corbin is the only heel, and and there's one more. So that just sort of a a weird dynamic, I'm I'm kinda curious to see. Um, you know, if if you know, Finn Finn just kind of being the odd man out there, how that um how that impacts him. As we get to the champion versus champion, Big E versus Roman Reigns, Do you think this goes on as the main event?
3: Uh yeah, because of Roman Reigns, and Me I, too. if you're a big if you're a Big E fan, you're not you're you're not gonna like the end of this match. I I think Roman goes over clean here. Yeah, I think he, he's a I think he's he, a heavy heavy favorite, and this I think this unfortunately for Roman, he's held this title for so long. Uh, the storyline with with the the bloodline, uh, the Usos, um, everyone involved has been so good. I think this is I think this win over Big E's... Yeah, I think it hurts Roman more than it than it hurts Big E. I think people know that Big E isn't going to win. I I think we're just going to crawl to the WrestleMania finish line with Roman Reigns. I you know,
0: me, I, right? I'm worried I'm a little it's, it ends I, up I'm worried
3: about. No, this. And, After it, and it this hurts match, he's, I think he's going to get booed again, you know. Yeah, it, it, well it and hurts Not in a boo.
0: Yeah, you you start it things start getting a little too predictable, right? Cuz then at this right. point you start wondering it's like Okay, He's beat everybody Now who even feels like they've got a shot And if it's Big E that comes in And he goes definitively over Big E it, You go oh really Like this was the guy who's actually kind of been hot On the other side So you know the best thing that can happen here For for Big E is Like 20-25 minutes Where yeah, he, he, looks sure. he looks Like he's going to beat Roman a couple times And then it's the bloodline that ends up cheating or hell sure. maybe brock do we get brock lesnar showing up i don't know he uh, said something about i don't i would i mean he said something about the the neck i think the one of the shows coming up that he's going to buy a ticket i was reading cuz he's suspension interesting. he's suspended still so there was something wow. online about him he's going to purchase a ticket for one of the shows i don't know if we see him but the best thing for biggie I mean, Other than winning he's not going to I mean I would be he's not winning this match <laughs> no. He's not winning this match clean He's not pinning Roman Um, Maybe we get some sort of a weird schmozzy Thing but I don't think they're, they would do that I do think it's going to end up with Roman Pinning Big E which uh, You know it, it's not going to look great For Big E having his shoulders pinned to the mat But if it's 20-25 minutes And they have a great match Nobody else is beating Roman so it doesn't Really hurt you that much
3: I, I like the Brock Lesnar deal. If he's going to buy the ticket, uh, does that seem Brock Lesnar-ish to you? I don't know. But you you could savor that and protect Roman Reigns because I'm telling you, as as great as it's been, if he goes over, even if they have a hell of a match here, we're going to get back to that, okay, here we go with Roman Reigns again because I don't think we have a pay-per-view in December for Raw or SmackDown, right? We only no. have uh, NXT's war games. Yep. So. Then you have to wait to the Royal Rumble, and I, I think you're going to have a long six weeks.
0: And um, over on you, you talked about NXT. We'll talk a little bit about NXT before we get into AEW. They have sure. uh, the War Games pay per view that they they mentioned, and NXT right now is is struggling with the ratings. And I I knew we talked we knew this was going to happen. We, sure. we talked about this immediately when they made the change because. WWE doesn't seem very concerned with the NXT ratings at the moment. and it's kind yeah. of a weird it's a weird relationship, right? Because you wonder, they were put on USA when they were this third brand and they were really hot and they were drawing a bigger audience. But now they've altered the way they they think, you know, they, the way they are using NXT. It's back to being developed pretty pretty much a developmental, uh, brand for uh, for for the most part, and so it's not getting the best ratings on TV. I still think there's a lot of good on the show, but it's be- it's so different than it was just a little while ago that a lot of the people who were tuned in before aren't, and it'll take a little while to either gain some viewers back or kind of steady and find what this show's audience is going to be. I just wonder, you know, what is the future for them? Because I. I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that gets put back on Peacock or on the network because they're not worried as much about getting ratings. And USA is 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 saying, okay, this isn't really this wasn't the show that we put on this. I I don't know. Maybe USA likes it. I'm I'm just kind of curious how how all of that is going to go down.
3: Do you think they can they still struggle if they would have kept the look? Uh, not changed the logo and not brought in the 2.0 and just did the the all the character change. Do you think it still goes okay then, or do you think it still continues to struggle?
0: No, I think it's funny. I, you're right. I think that by talking about the changes, it may have hurt them more.
3: Because I, I think so too.
0: It's not. I mean, like, let's be honest. Yes, there are no. There aren't takeovers. Yes, there are some. A lot of newer talent. And maybe, this, the, maybe some of the talent And I don't know how much that adds to do with NXT changing or just AEW being there right? AEW taking a lot of that talent That they would have used in NXT And now them going, okay, let's find some other Maybe younger people That we could develop It's like any sports team or organization You have different ebbs and flows You have a year where Okay, this is our kind of rebuilding year We gotta get back up That doesn't mean you're not a professionally run organization. It just means that you're gonna go through ebbs and flows. I'm I mean this is to me really interesting. I'm kind of fascinated by this because I, I really don't know what uh what they're gonna do moving forward. But I know that I there are a couple things on NXT that are that that are different and a few things each week that I go, oh, that wasn't very good, or you know <laughs> that, or that was obviously like those those guys or gals need some work. But I'm still really entertained by this show most weeks. Like, I, I like I like a lot of the characters, like right off the bat, we got our boy Tony D'Angelo, who gets a win over Loomis and uh and then after the match, the uh, Carmelo and Trick they attack. So Tony D continues to stand strong and um it looks like we're gonna get a gargano versus Pete Dunn versus Carmelo Hayes triple threat match coming up, which should be awesome in the ring. It should be really good.
3: That, yeah that's yeah that that's good and then we go into jacket time
0: Oh and my gosh again. Odyssey
3: Jones who jacket time last week loses and this week Odyssey is pinning Roderick Strong of the Diamond Mine I, I just this is WWE 50/50 50, 50. booking crap here this 50, is 50/50 cuz cuz
0: we don't want that when the Diamond Mine is starting to look strong yeah. Make them look strong for a little while.
3: I mean, did Jack I, look? I understand you love Odyssey Jones and you're going to push him. I'm completely fine with that. But why is Jacket time two weeks ago, who were fun and entertaining, they're losing it, then they come back right this week and oh, they piggyback Odyssey Jones. But Roderick's strong. I mean, look, the Creed brothers have already lost. They they feel unimportant now. I remember a couple of weeks ago, or you know, when NXT 2.0 came on and the Creed brothers. We were drooling over them like Braun Breaker Now the Creed brothers have basically Just fallen off because that one Loss does that to them You yeah, know?
0: It does It, it hurts.
3: It, I, I don't know that, This is one thing I didn't like about the show I, I really didn't like that match
0: Zion Quinn got a, a win over Our boy Andre Chase who, who Continues to <laughs> no,
2: I make, like make him.
0: laugh yeah, I love him uh, Santos Escobar showed back exactly. up as it as did the uh, the uh, gardeners, as uh, we hear them in the background, they're also back uh, again, <laughs> as as always, as always. And uh, we got Raquel and uh, Dakota, and they uh, we saw their uh, backstage segment earlier in the night. and then at the uh, at the end of the night, we had a match between the two of them. and we end up getting De- uh, Raquel winning by dQ when toxic attraction comes out. And so, We'll kind of skip to that part, and we'll we'll hit back on a few other things. It looks like that's where they're going to be setting up for war games, right?
3: Yeah, it was a good, really good main event, Uh, and and we knew uh, these two had it in them. Um, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the better main events. I I know we'll talk about AEW's main event here in a little bit. I know everybody was excited about Sammy Guevara and Jay Lethal, Um, and then, you know, Uh, spoiler alert tony nisi showing up in the crowd over there but i really thought this was one of the better main events of the week in wrestling um i I thought it went a little long but i like the ending if you're going to do war games and uh look the nxt women's division is one of these if not the strongest uh, of all the brands with all this talent um this is this is going to be a really fun match i i like the way they did it um Toxic contractions in, involved. It, it, it protects them with the belts at War Games. I think this will really be a fun match, and this this could main event War Games. I, I know probably Breaker and Tommaso will. That's what hopefully Breaker will get that title. But uh, man, this is going to be a really fun match, man. Inside yeah. the cages, this will be good.
0: You're, you're going to get EO doing some crazy, crazy stuff. This will be a oh, yeah. an opportunity for Toxic Attraction to kind of pull um. Show that they can compete with, uh, with Top top level talent and in a match like this I think it'll be a lot of fun And that's how we ended NXT We did get a poker showdown <laughs> In the ring And this is one of the segments that I, I think People probably would have rolled their eyes Or if they saw that the that, that thing was being built And they would have said "Ah, I thought that they did this Pretty well I mean first off Alicia Taylor like just Doing the intro she obviously knows poker a little bit Yes she does she, she, she knows what she's talking about She set it up really well they, The look of everything was exactly like you were watching poker on TV I thought both of these guys cut pretty good promos back and forth And it maybe went on a, a, a tad longer than you would have wanted it to Maybe a drug a bit But I actually liked it And then the key part was it actually led to something that we're going to get In the ring it led to Hudson Brutally kind of beating down Grimes Cutting off his beard cutting off some of His hair so I'm now a lot more interested in this And and it seems like this Is kind of going to be a thing with Grimes like He has these sort of uh, Vignette you know outside of the Ring things happening that set up Something in the ring and now I'm a lot more intrigued I want to see Grimes and Hudson Go at it
3: man this is 10 Times better than the previous week we've got that long elated poker storyline that you know inside this dark room um i i thought it was pulled off good and, and i you know look i know um cameron grimes loves the the long locks the long dark brown locks that he has but if you're going to do this and keep people invested this was a perfect ending to that well by cutting his hair and really pissing some people off and it made a lot of wrestling fans, mad again, week in, week out, I tell you, I like to get live reactions, not from just the AEW and the WWE marks, but generic fans who, who try to watch it uh, down the middle, and there were a lot of people that were really upset that, that Grimes got his hair cut, and I think this is going to lead to a better match. Now, do you wait to War Games for them to set off, or, or do you do it again next week on NXT? How, how do you set this match up?
0: Yeah, I think you have uh, maybe one match that you have that ends up ending in a DQ And then you set yeah. up a simulation you know, for, for the War Games match I think that would probably be the best way to go And yeah, lots, a couple other things I mean, Persia ends up, uh, uh, there's something weird going on there It's almost like she's going to turn to yeah. be, be nice of a friend there uh, yeah. So keep, keep an eye on her And then Champa and Braun. And uh, we got Champa doing the uh, the the jokes, diner, <laughs> the, the 33 thirty three to third percent, the math stuff, and I mean the, this this will be a, a blast. As uh, you know I that that was another thing that stood out to me was um you know we're gonna get Braun and Champa. They're not gonna try to shoehorn anyone else in, which is great. Braun feels like he should be the guy, and we kind of got a double turn. It felt like with yeah. uh with Grayson Waller and our guy
3: L.A. Knight, is he going to be a babyface now? It feels like. You know, I thought that was an interesting segment too. Um, I, I'm starting to, you know, we were kind of, we kind of blew off L.A. Knight a little bit, and we were like, well, he's he's done. I'm kind of enjoying this a little bit with Me him, too. And Grayson. You Me know, too. I, I think I I think it was a good segment. I think it's going to be a fantastic match. Both guys seem to be able to, you know. Uh, Work a good storyline together, and I'm starting to buy into this Grayson character.
0: It seems kind of natural how it just sort of flipped, right? Yeah, and like it did. And the roles that they're taking now, because Grayson is playing—he's—he's he's basically playing like Baron Corbin. That's true. Like you know, like That's that, that early Baron Corbin gimmick where he's like, "Screw all the indie guys, you know, and everyone who was <laughs> here before me. They just called me, and all, all I had to do was say I want to come." And and La Knight's talking about how. He worked and, and, and what he did to earn it And he's playing the babyface side And he's so charismatic With the yeah, promos yes. And Waller just seems so much more like Like a snossage Like someone that you'd love to hate So I think the roles are much better here And this is something to keep an eye on Moving forward as we move forward On over to AEW Coming off of a, a very good Full gear show And what I liked about what AEW's done um, Okay first of all The show was very good But, you know, right off the bat, we always start hearing, like, this was the greatest pay-per-view of all time. (laughs) And it's like, this wasn't even the best AEW pay-per-view. Like, this wasn't even their best pay-per-view of the year, you know. Um,
3: There were some good, really good matches, Gino. I think some of them were too long. I think the shortest match was CM Punk's um, right at 11 minutes, but everything went 15 to 20. Um, There were a lot of good things. Uh, I can tell you this, one of the things I did not like, and I thought it was the one of the worst matches, or it was the worst match on the card for me, was Britt Baker and, T- and Ty Conti. I thought it was bad.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't. Um, unfortunately, it like Ty's getting getting better. Ty's improving, and sure. it just didn't feel like a, a women's title level match. It did not. Did it? That's the problem. It felt like a fine match that you would see on TV. But when you just compare it to the top level of women's wrestling that you would be getting, and not even in just WWE with Raw, SmackDown, NXT, talk about Japan, talk about Impact, like a lot of the other places, you just get a higher floor for some of the. Heck, I got to be honest. Like, the- I thought for two that I'm not all that high on, I actually thought Sheeta and Nyla didn't do bad on Dynamite Wednesday for like a <laughs> uh, compared to this match that was, you know, like it just. Nothing feels quite as big. The American Top Team match was a mess, too. Oh, uh, the mess. Inner Circle American that Top Team—that was an absolute mess. But MJF Darby, fantastic start. MJF cheating it up, really good stuff. You got the Lucha Brothers uh, defeated FTR, great match. DeBry Daniel Bryanson beat Miro. I didn't really love the sub- the stoppage, kind yeah, of. I you like know, because
3: the- it kind of buries Miro.
0: Yeah, I don't I doesn't make him look as strong, but um we're seeing that Daniel Br- Brian Danielson's going in a sort of a a heelish a direction. Yeah. So maybe this is kind of they were already leading that way. We had um the uh, Punk Kingston match that you mentioned and the only the, the the only problem that I have coming out of this pay-per-view and I think a lot of people love that AEW doesn't do a whole lot of rematches and I agree it's it's kind of nice that Sure. Our matches seem fresh, but some feuds got to continue.
1: Yeah. Some
0: feuds don't feel like they're over. Like I want I, I wanted to see another Punk Eddie match and kind of yeah. a little bit more there because that feud only had about a week to build before the pay-per-view. So if if something's been going for a few months before a pay-per-view, then sure, then maybe you don't need a, another automatic rematch right after, but if you've just sort of Started something and then you got the pay-per-view Match and then boom it looks like Punk And Kingston are going in two totally different Directions this Wednesday on Dynamite Like everybody's already Moving in a different direction which is Yeah great cool for for Some of them but I think some of them May have needed a little bit more Um we got uh, Hangman Page getting the win And it was a really good match and he got his it Moment was. and sure. and it, gr- uh, Great for him for it to all come Full circle for him and then he comes out on Wednesday on Dynamite And he's having the uh, the cowboy shit Celebration <laughs> And dude, Daniel Bryan Was fantastic here Oh my gosh, he comes the out The was
3: fantastic
0: yes, yes, he comes out and he goes
3: Hey, you know, I just
0: wanted to shake your hand And congratulate you And then, you know, he says but uh, but to be honest I'm a little disappointed like I, I would have rather faced Kenny you know I, and he says <laughs> I thought I didn't think he was you know I didn't think you were going to beat Kenny and and then Paige comes back and goes well not only did I beat him but I beat him in less than 30 minutes which is really funny that
2: <laughs> that was that, good like,
0: the AEW people are so obsessed with like I beat him in shorter time than you which yes. it, it, it does sort of make sense, right? Like if you're if you're in a series and you're like, "Hey, I beat them in a in five games, and it took you six games to beat them," you know. So you, I can kind of understand it. It just it makes me laugh. Like I beat him in nine minutes, and you beat him in ten, you know. So I'm better. I'm better than you. I'm better <laughs> than you, kind of a thing. But but then then you get D. Bry, who who mentions, "Hey, you know, I guess cowboy shit is you not wrestling very much because." You just come out here and you just talk and, and flap your gums. He says, When I won the title at WrestleMania at the <laughs> crowd boos oh, which I just loved. And, uh, and they go, He says, I not only wrestled twice that night, then I wrestled the next day.
3: <laughs> I think this is the way they have to go. I, I just agree. will be, let's see if AEW fans pull a WWE here. And do you think they start liking the Daniel, uh, the the Brian Danielson? Are they going to play along? Gimmick, yeah, because he's going to work Colt Cabana next week in Chicago. And, and, and I, I mean, I'm sorry, Colt Cabana really doesn't do anything for really anyone anymore. I know that's his his area, but do you think they still back in support Hangman? Do you still like him with, uh, with the Dark Order, or, or do you think you know they go? Brian Danielson here and they turn on page a little bit.
0: I'm super interested in it. And that's and I don't know, you know. I, I think and it's good. That, it's good. That's though, what's good. Right? It is. This is one this is good. We were worried immediately last week major props to AEW for doing this because the babyface babyface stuff doesn't do it for me, no, it right? Does not we we and we've seen it with with the like the way that Punk had been up until recently and now how just a little change in Punk makes you feel so much more interested in him and what he's doing Moving forward so let's see Like ratings aside Because to me I mean You and I laugh and we joke about the ratings And we text back and forth about them and we like Roll our eyes and stuff That stuff is so meaningless To us as far as how we consume our, Our wrestling content The AEW's better shows Sometimes have least less ratings They've not been getting the best of ratings as of late But if they're in that 900 to a million range That like I don't care what their ratings are I like them being on TV And I like what they're doing a little bit more as of late I feel like, I, I feel like There's just a little more that I like And a little less that I'm not And they're finding their footing And um, I, I don't worry about them being at 900 or 800 Or whatever and NXT dropping down Because sometimes that's when the shows Sort of find themselves And then they start to spark Because I am pumped And I am very excited For MJF Punk yeah. Because MJF You know talks about how he <laughs> Went again and he did it like he said He told everybody he did it with wrestling And he called it out And nobody's in my le- League nobody's on my level And then here comes Punk And Punk doesn't even say anything And it's like a total disrespect And why I'm the most Excited about this is because Everybody so far Everybody that talks to To punk or about punk in AEW Is like he's so great He's the greatest I love this guy he's like my big Brother he's done (laughs) And now MJF is Going to he's gonna Talk about him quitting he's gonna Talk about his BS UFC run (laughs) Right he's gonna talk about The stuff that nobody was talking About before about how he's not even Been that good since he's been back Like that's what (laughs) and yeah. and that's what i can't wait and that's going to bring something out of punk so i am you know it's been, we've i think the honeymoon period is now over because i think we're going to get kingston was sort of sort of saying a, a few little tiny things that nobody else had and now you're going to get MJF just dropping the bombs and it's going to yeah. be next week in chicago right
3: yeah it has to be next week he's got a he's got a shit on punk he's got a shit on his career he's got to talk bad about his wife you yep. gotta talk bad about everything that he does, and it, this also puts Darby Allen in a crossroad here. I think it's time for that kid to turn heel. I think he's got to turn on Sting and say, "Hey, look, man, I've been losing matches. I, 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 look, if you're gonna make Darby look, he's kind of kind of get pushed to the side a little bit. There's some people now that are starting to get left behind." Maybe not intentionally, but just because you're signing so many people and bringing them over, I think Darby Allen's going to need a change here pretty soon.
0: I agree. I agree. He's he's floundering a little bit when compared to. And it's some- not
3: helping that he's working Billy Gunn on Friday Night Rampage either. That's no. that's terrible. That's terrible.
0: Not at all. Um, I mentioned that Nyla Rose Sheeta match, uh, which I actually thought was pretty good. These two who they. They've worked each other for a long time now So they're getting This is like better than I think some of their matches were Early on when these two were battling over the women's title As um, We then saw CM Punk and MJF Man Leo Rush, Dante Martin Those guys can go They can go They are really fun to watch in the ring Leo Rush is so fast And it's just In a world where a lot of people are fast He is just hands down, much faster.
3: Yeah. I, look, I, I'm Dante Martin. Uh, is he's had his moments uh, of flash? Uh, and then I think he gets too fast for his own good. He tries to do a couple of things. I think that's why they've put him on dark and dark elevation for a while. But this kid now, for the last several weeks, has been on on TV. And you talk about a star. If this kid can develop it on the mic because he is like lacking those skills. Uh this kid's going to have a massive future, barring any crazy injury because he likes to fly around. Dante Martin is is pretty special, man.
0: He is uh very much he you, you can see him improving leaps and bounds and they are a blast to watch in the ring. Uh in the main event we have Sammy Guevara beating Jay Lethal For the TNT Championship And Jay Lethal, I thought they both looked pretty good You know, this was a good match Jay Lethal looks good, the crowd seemed to know him There was some, you know, bad publicity Throughout the week because he's been sure. In the news and he's been named in some uh, Some some bad stuff But that was a while ago, I don't think he's actually Been charged with anything or actually You know, so I, I think They've done their due diligence But he, he did it. it's always Interesting after the initial Match though, right? We see them do this with a lot Of people where they come in, they have one Match or they have a big moment and then They get shuffled back down to darker Elevation and we don't see a whole lot of them
3: Yeah, like Ruby Soho, she was on Dark or dark elevation Again this week, uh, working A jobber from Texas, which is Very, very unfortunate Yeah, look, nothing wrong with the main event I I I thought this dynamite Was, was fun Uh, I thought it lacked Um, several Uh, there, there was some elements missing there. Um, Tony Nesey, it just seems like they're just signing everybody. They just are. Um, I, I I don't know what else you could do. I mean, Khan is, is told all the media, Hey, look, we're happy, uh, with the ratings on Friday night. We're happy with this hour. So they've got three hours of television, but man, you keep signing everyone. I I, I'm sorry, Gino. I I just don't think a lot of these guys and girls are going to be happy just working Monday and Tuesday YouTubes and throwing a bone every now and then because, I mean Ruby Soho for instance. I mean
0: we we haven't when are we seeing her you know and nah, and that I mean, women's and the women's title tournament it has not been, no, it's been a and, and maybe it whoever has. wins the the title will do more with it but we haven't been impressed with what they've been doing with Britt recently so why no, are I, we gonna look, why is the secondary it, it, title gonna be more be as important you or know, be.
3: And I'm the biggest Brit fan there is, but I, Hey, look, I, 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 I shot it last week, man. I, I she's, they buried that division. She's buried it. And I, there's really, look, this Friday, you have Jade Cargill and red velvet, uh, in one of those title tournament, uh, the TBS title tournament match. Jade probably goes over. Um, I, I don't know, man, they're going to have to do something here pretty quick, but, Again, I think all eyes lead to, or all roads lead to Thunder Rosa again. I I, I think next week she and Jamie Hayter are in in the tournament match. I think Rosa wins that, or maybe maybe Britt kind of screws her over. Maybe Jamie wins this title, and they both have titles in the stable. I don't know, but this women's division is struggling right now for AEW.
0: And I think it'll be good for, uh, for Kenny Omega was, uh, Banged up yeah I mean,
3: good point I'm glad we brought This he, up yeah
0: he was hurt yeah. and and yeah. He's been for a while because we've been Wondering why we didn't see him wrestling as much And the guy yeah. has apparently been dealing With vertigo and some, some pretty serious Stuff and this hey, vertigo is
3: no joke Man I've had that
0: no and, th- and this leads to another Conversation where you know A lot of people want to give WWE crap because some they don't like Daniel Bryan, for example. He Vince wouldn't let him do a lot of things, or Vince, you know, to, Babied him, or wanted to make sure that he didn't go go too too crazy in the ring sometimes. And we see in New Japan, and we see in independent matches, sometimes when you don't have a bunch of producers that are telling you, "Hey, you know what? That spot is not safe. It's not healthy." Like that kind of a bump. If you hit it in the wrong spot, you could be in. In serious, serious trouble And I, I I, just hope that AEW I don't want to see that happen I don't want to see no. our Kenny Omega's And the Daniel Brian Danielsons And these guys not get the opportunity To keep wrestling in front of us Because Kenny Wall Hell, he had a great match with Paige He doesn't have bad matches But they don't It definitely felt a little bit less Than the Kenny of a few years ago you could you Absolutely. could sense 100%. that he couldn't he couldn't get to the certain. It's like any athlete, right? They didn't it it, happens, for whatever man. reason he didn't have that like LeBron when he goes to make that turn or that little bit of oomph. It's just not quite as much there. It's and and he's so good that you probably don't even notice it all that much until you until you find out that he's hurt and then you go back and go okay yeah yeah I, I can see that he maybe wasn't getting to that next level or maybe he wasn't wrestling as much on TV so. Hopefully he gets uh, he gets healthy. And they even teased the Adam Cole thing. I thought that was really that's funny. That's what too. I liked. Yeah. yeah, that's what I liked. Cole says, "I got it cleaner. I-, I got it for you." He says, "I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the Bucks." And uh, and then later he even teased. He said, "And that is undisputed."
3: And the Bucks <laughs> said, "We can't say that over here. We can't do that here." <laughs> yeah, that you got Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus uh, with Cole and Bobby Fish on Friday night on Rampage. So. I I don't know, man. It's uh, it's interesting times. It is. Yes. It's interesting times. Ring of Honor is about done. Uh, they've taped their final stuff, leading to their you know final battle, so to speak. And uh, a lot of talent. Ty Valkyrie now is, uh, you know, Ty Valkyrie. It'll be interesting to see where some of these you know people end up, man. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. There's a lot. There's a lot on TV. You got to pick and choose your battles, but man, it's fun. I'll say that. <laughs> it's fun watching it.
0: Coop, do you have any plays for us this weekend before Man, we get out of struggling.
3: here? Man, I've been struggling. There's no lie. But we're going to get back on track. I'm of course dirty we are. I'm a dirty dog. I'm Let's a do dirty it. dog. So I'm going to dirty dog arr, this arr, one. Arr. one pick. Wake Forest playing for a chance to play for the ACC championship is going to Clemson and getting four and a half points. Demon Deacons, Dirty Dogs, plus four and a half this week, Gino. Book
0: it. Loop, we will be barking. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you uh, helping out and always uh, being uh, able to adjust and shift around. And you have a great, great weekend. And uh, I look forward to talking uh, about what happened on Survivor Series with you next week. You got it, Gino. Do not go anywhere, folks. Make sure to give Chad a, a follow at the Chad Cooper. But stick around. We've got plenty more to discuss on That's What G Said that's gonna do it for this episode of that's what g said big thanks to coop loop for helping us out each and every week like always jack fitzpatrick for checking in again with everything going on in the world of sports and over at drf sports and eric make sure to give him a follow and check out his show coming up this weekend hopefully we steered you in the right direction at uh some of the races on Friday and on Saturday. And don't forget, big stable dual game on Saturday. Del Mar, 150 bucks to enter with $10,000 in cash prizes. Joey, my friend, let's close this thing out.